0: Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Welcome
1: into this Thursday morning edition of Off the Bench. I'm Trace Fowler and this is presented by United Dairy Farmers. I don't know where you live, but where I live, it was raining cats and dogs. Took a little while to get into the studio. That's the excuse we're going to make for being four minutes late on this lovely Thursday evening. And by evening, I mean morning. That's how it feels for me, boys. I got to be honest. Your boys running on like five hours of sleep. But you know what? It was all in good fun. Why? Because the Cincinnati Reds swept the Angels. They swept the team that has Shohei Otani, the greatest baseball player ever, according to Reed, And he might be right. And Mike Trout. What an what a, what a unbelievable franchise to do nothing with the two greatest baseball players of all time. But that's regardless... Uh, of of what you think of them, it doesn't matter because the Cincinnati Reds win 7-3 and 9-4 yesterday, giving them the series sweep. They head into a huge, a huge series against the Arizona Diamondbacks starting tonight. Uh, Fellas, I'm not running on a ton of sleep here. I know we have some topics of conversation today. Obviously, the Cincinnati Reds are going to be probably topic 1A, but there's some other things. FC Cincinnati, unfortunately for them, they... Uh, I don't know if we got rid of the rift. I don't know if we got rid of that bug. It feels like the Cincinnati Bengals helped get the monkey off the back of Cincinnati in a way to a loss. But that's what FC Cincinnati did yesterday. Uh, For those that did not watch, just like me, you're in the same boat. But I did turn it on. About the five-minute mark left. Got a text from somebody and said, Is FC Cincinnati really going to lose this game? And sure enough, I start watching. It's I think it's 3-3. to they give up a goal late. I'm sure many of people were really really concerned about it, but nonetheless, fellas, hopefully you're doing well. Hopefully your day's doing a little bit better than FC FC fans. I'm assuming did FC fans even care. I mean, was this even a real game? I'm, I'm, I I guess let's turn to the, before we before we turn. Let's, let's start off with Casey today. Casey, if you're an FC fan, are you really been out of shape with this loss or is it just like, "Ah, whatever. It's time to move on. Wasn't that important anyways?"
2: turned myself. Sorry, I turned myself off there. I was uh, typing some stuff out, but like I was saying, um, it's not a it's not a big deal to me. It's a big deal to a lot of the fans because there's not hardware in their and their trophy case. Sure, that, that's the only reason why people really care. I personally, Trace, I think you should always be going for the MLS championship. You know, you, right? It, it's like it, it, it's it's almost like OSU winning the Big Ten, right? Like, they're expected to do that. Uh, yeah, It's the not, only it's not big... like a big deal or anything. Like, like, the bigger deal is winning a championship. understand.
1: I, I get where you're coming from. Unfortunately, when you try to use soccer analogies, and by soccer, maybe you mean <laughs> football. I'm not sure. Why do you think that's so damn funny, Ellie? Because
3: it's just, I mean, it's, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful <laughs> to the great sport of soccer, but it's a joke. I mean, we got three tournaments going down in the season. None of them go to the MLS, no like if you win this tournament no points. No points for the MLS. That's the league you play in. What do I mean I it's just like I I respect FC Cincinnati. They they brought a, a, another group of fans into the city. They've done a great job this season. But it's like everybody got excited yesterday because the the other team had a good player. I mean that's why people were there. They weren't there for FCC, they weren't there for that made up tournament. They were there for Lionel Messi. So I mean if you're going to go to a game for the other the for the opponent's best player, I don't know. Probably not a great reason to cheer for a team.
1: Well, I Could think be, that's being a little oh, harsh. On, I think that's yeah, being a little harsh. Being a little harsh. I mean, listen, we're talking about the greatest soccer player of all time. That's what many people would say Lionel Messi is. Obviously, Ronaldo, Pele. I'm sure all the names come flooding in. If you, if you sit somewhere long enough, there, there will be arguments made about who the greatest is of all time. Just like they are for every other sport. The problem is what I was getting to before Elliot was laughing at my bit about soccer. And if by soccer, I mean football. The thing is is um, you, there's no analogies that you can use, unfortunately, for other sports in the United States. It's hard to explain exactly what's going on in soccer because of the way that things work, ties, points, the tables, and by tables, I mean standings. Um, it, just, it just doesn't vibe well with the American sports culture. And that's always been the issue or the hurdle that it's, that it's had to try to get across, if you will, to try to make soccer, and by soccer, I mean football, a popular sport. All right, that's enough.
4: Well, is that a bit, or, or did you just genuinely do that every time you say soccer? Because that's a funny bit. Was, I, mean, I mean, you did it four times.
1: So. I'm going to do it every single time, guys. Keep up. And by tables, I mean standings. If you know, I mean, I try to be funny, entertaining, and the little small... Little uh, idiocracies that, that, that I come up with. I, I try to keep you light on your feet. If, if, uh, if you're one that enjoys those types of things, great. If you don't, then you're probably going to hate my guts because that's what I'm going to keep doing. All right. Here's the thing about the Cincinnati Reds. Seems like that's what we obviously discuss on this show at great length many times. One, because obviously I watch the Reds uh, a lot. And on top of that, they're the only game in town that's playing meaningful games at this very moment. The, the Bengals are, are right around the corner from playing meaningful games. Uh, But the thing is about the Cincinnati Reds is we kind of had a little bit of a roller coaster 45 days, didn't we? At first, we felt like, okay, maybe a little bit of a skid, no big deal, not worried about it, we'll keep it moving, leading the division. Then all of a sudden, the offense just kind of became non-existent. You add in some injuries, you start to worry about health, and then you start to wonder how good these guys really are. Are 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 they just rookies and they're not as good as we thought they were? And then all of a sudden, now I feel like we're back on the upswing. We might be going right back up the hill. And the good news is, is that this team is relying on a couple players that ultimately have to play well, like I've said before, for them to have any chance at all to play meaningful baseball. And they're starting to look better. Elie De La Cruz is starting to look like the man that first came up to the big leagues. And like it or not, call me a flip-flopper. Tyler Stevenson is looking relatively decent at this very moment, and that is good for the Cincinnati Reds. Hopefully, he can get some confidence. Hopefully, he starts barreling balls up. Now, I know the other day he barreled a ball up that I genuinely thought was like 50 feet over the fence, and it was literally like a flyout, a regular flyout. That's just what you get for Tyler Stevenson from time to time, but he's elevating the baseball. If anything that you could say about Tyler Stevenson the last two games is he's elevating the baseball. And if he elevates the baseball guys, if we're being honest, he's, he's not a bad hitter. The issue is, is just pounding balls into dirt. And you know what? I hate to break it to Tyler, but his speed is never going to get him anywhere in life outside of basically maybe a, a, a ticket if he tries to run from the police because he will get caught. Have you ever seen someone ground into a 6-4-3? Not a double play. Not a double play. He didn't ground into a 6-4-3 double play. My man just ground into a 6-4-3 putout. That's tough. Things are going really bad if you're grounded into 6-4-3 put outs. But he did the other night, and I started feeling sorry for him. And maybe that's where my my flip flop has come from. I seen my man ground into a six four three put out, and I thought, you know what, this is rock bottom. I'm gonna have to help pick my man up. At some point, you realize you're being too hard on your kids, and you're just like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta boost them back up. You know, I can't keep yelling at my kids. I've done beat them down. They're already at the very bottom of the basement floor. It's time to pick Tyler Stevenson up. It's time to pick Joey Votto up. As a fan base, we have to collectively. Bring all the positive energy one could possibly muster up for those two players, because if those two guys start to play well, this team will be much better than they've been in the last month and a half, and 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 that's what it's going to take, quite frankly, to get where we all want to go. The only thing is, at this point, can we all agree on something? At yeah. this point, the red season as a smashing success. It was that a, it was that way a month ago, right? But you could still argue, and the fan base was starting to feel this way, that things were going so south. And guys were struggling so bad that it didn't feel good anymore. And you're just like, ah, maybe, maybe when you get around to December, you realize it was a great season once the kind of the pain of blowing a two-game lead at the All-Star break for the division wore off. But at this very moment, now. I don't think there is anybody with a reasonable take or a, a rational mind would tell you that the red season is a smashing success. And it's not the whole gimmick of, oh, well, they got us to the, the football season. They held us over until the Bengals started playing. That's all I really wanted from the Reds. I get the bit. I understand the concept of that. The truth is is that the one thing that irritates me maybe the most in this city, and I know it exists in every other city, is the pinning of all of these different franchises against each other. Now Elliott's bit against the, the against FC Cincinnati is less about FC, probably more about his love for soccer, and by soccer I mean football. The thing is is this you have to you you have to understand that the Reds are who they are. They are who they are. Are they a playoff team? I'll be honest. I don't 100% know, but they're close enough now to where I don't give a damn to a certain extent what you say about them. They're going to be here for, for, for at, least, at least the next three to four years. They are going to be major players. Not just because I think, oh man, they have one or two good players. They have eight or nine guys that I can I can see consistently being good. And oh, don't look back now, but maybe they'll trade him, maybe they won't. But your boy Jose Barrero's tearing it up again. Yeah, and he he's gotta get an he's gotta get an opportunity, I would think, around the September call-ups. We'll see if it happens. But don't you let Jose Brero get hot. All right. You send Jose Barrero down to AAA, not a death sentence, not a death sentence. And you bring him back and he gets hot. I I mean, you want to talk about the future being bright, boys. The future is as bright as they come. Maybe not for the Cubs, but that is for the Rats.
4: Oh, you kidding me? The Cubs got a brighter future. You know what's funny about um, your Jose Barrero love is you've been beating the drum on him since like 2020. I I remember sitting here in this office and you you just kept going like, we got this guy named Jose Barrero. He's going to be great. And it hasn't been great. Hasn't been great since he's come up, but he's tearing it up in AAA again. He'll come up once again, and maybe he'll do well. The thing is about the Reds, and I told you guys this before they played their, the doubleheader yesterday, is it, I've hated the fact that the fans were, were 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 so out, right? They're like, the season's over. Elliot to the left of me sitting two feet away from me. is like, oh, the season's done. It's done. It's over. And I was like, I need the, I need the Reds to to sweep this doubleheader, because so, that'll bring them all the way back. And they did just that. Got some luck on the front end with Shohei getting hurt, and – Listen, they got the sweep. They swept the Angels. They're right back in the thick of things. Three and a half back. They're, they're in the wild card spot now, and they, they go and control their own destiny, playing another wild card team in the D backs this weekend. This is great. This is fantastic. I, I, it's just, I, it was just so silly that people were like, the Reds are done. The Reds are done as they're sitting a game out from the wild card, from a playoff spot.
3: Yeah, I mean, the, by the way, win total cash yesterday That was a big win for some of us, uh, for many of us. Uh, I, I, you look back at the start of the season, and I truly, and you saw Jason Vossler waddling out to first base on opening day, and it's like, this is going to be another miserable season. Every expectation you could have had, every idea you could have had for what this team could be, has been exceeded. I mean, every, every single possibility, every outcome you probably want has happened, and, and, and probably ha, ha, has exceeded every, every fathomable. Option that there could have been this year. I mean, it's it's you look back at opening day and it's like you think it's dead, and now right now we're we're fighting for a playoff spot with a month left in the season. So yeah, I mean this season's a, a success no matter where you look at it. Uh, the rookies have come up. The prospect game again. I've been out on the prospect game for a long time. I've been proven wrong. I've been proven wrong time and time again this year. I said the bullpen was bad. Bullpen has saved the season. The bullpen is legitimately, and and I think Reed and I had this debate. Obviously, the offense in June sparked what, what is now the Cincinnati Reds we've, we've come accustomed to. But the bullpen has, has been, in my opinion, the most important part of this team this year.
2: I've got a very great stat from Nicholas Kirby. He does a wonderful job uh, looking up all the, the statistics and info um, for the Reds. Reds bullpen over the last eight games, 32 innings, 13 hits, 2 E.R., Twelve base or walks, thir- thirty-two strikeouts in a zero point five
3: six ERA. Yeah, Is I mean, I, phenomenal. I mean, I, it's it's, and I still don't really trust anybody in the bullpen. I'll I'll, st- <laughs> I'll stick with I'll stick with that. Take all the to the end of the season. But it's like I, I, <laughs> I mean, you're you getting right, but before before you even
1: try to do this bit or well, not even a, a, bit, bit, it's it's not a bit. bit. It's not a bit. It's not a bit. It's not a bit. I know you're being serious about it. That's why I'm actually bringing this up. Before you do this, I don't want to hear you come in here one day and tell us how how oh look, I might have been right just because they go out and maybe give up a few runs. They're due to give up a few runs from time to time. Yeah, don't come in here strutting your stuff acting like you were right about the bullpen because you bet you're already wrong, right?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I've I already said I was wrong. I, I'm not saying I'm right. I, he said, the best the best thing of this Reds team is the bullpen. I don't trust a single guy. It's true. <laughs> I, I stand by that take. I think that's a good take. If the game's on the line, you want Buck Farmer out, Trace? That's who you want? I
1: mean, he looked great yesterday. I, he
3: did. He did. Ian Jabot, the pride of Great Britain.
1: Got a strikeout. Bases loaded. and
3: trumpets. Ian Jabot's been great. He's been phenomenal. He's been absolutely phenomenal. He's been lights out. Alexis Díaz is the best closer in the National League. I, I'm just saying. I think if, if a lot of these guys are borderline untrustworthy, <laughs> Sam Mole, respectfully, I mean that guy's a recycled pitcher. I don't even know where he came from. He came from Oakland. I mean that guy, respectfully, again, I say this with love and respect. He can't be trusted, but he's been great. They've all been great. So <laughs> I, yeah, back to Trace's point before Reed threw off the whole show. Uh, the Reds this season have brought back the entire city, have brought back the entire fan base. And I know the fan base is reactionary, but I think it's, it's part of the fact that, A, Cincinnati is, I'd argue, the hungriest fan base in sports right now. Uh, just, I mean, two electric teams, haven't won a championship in 30 years. Who? The Reds. The, uh, the, the, the Cincinnati. Uh, okay. Cincinnati sports. Um, so I think a lot of that has to do with that, just being hungry for a championship. But the Reds have exceeded every expectation possible. It's been an, it's been an incredible season. No matter what, if they if they right. don't make the playoffs, whatever. The Reds, I mean, south of losing,
4: literally quite little. I mean, this, literally, south of losing every game for the rest of the year. There's the season was fantastic, and I don't I don't want even if the Reds go in the tank, like lose, go ten and twenty for the final thirty whatever games, and you know they they sit right around five hundred for for the rest of the year, maybe only win seventy eight games. It's still a great year because because. All this exciting stuff has happened. All these rookies have come up and have played well. They've held the division lead for multiple times this year. They're playing meaningful baseball. All these things matter when you look farther down the line. If the Reds don't even make the postseason, you got quality experience in meaningful baseball games this year, which is going to help in the long run when this team wants to really go after winning a championship.
1: Well, It all comes down to timing in Major League Baseball, when you play a team, when you don't play a team. Right now, Arizona is starting to catch a little bit of fire, if you will. So this is a huge series. Uh, I got a four-gamer against the Diamondbacks. Yesterday, Kirby brought up the fact that uh, if you split against the Diamondbacks, you hold the tiebreaker, which is obviously important when when you're dealing with three or four teams here battling for the last spot of a wild card. Um, so it's a big series there's no way uh, around it Uh, tickets are about 12 bucks out there in in Arizona so I don't expect the the crowd to be too raucous Um, what exactly is there to do in Arizona maybe it's just such a transient city that people just don't love their home their home team I'm just like how are tickets 10 and 11 bucks with a huge series on the line on a weekend series in Arizona how is that even a thing
4: if, if, if it was home, what would tickets be at Great American? Well. Like 18 bucks? Because that shows you the lowest ticket. If you're on ESPN, it shows you just correct. the lowest. So, I, I mean, mean that, that could much, be true. Be that that, that, that,
1: that's a good point. Um, it's a good point. And to your point, I mean, that you can get tickets up to 15 bucks against the, the Cubs. Which brings me into my next point. I, 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 I've heard rumors around the streets. Maybe Reed Mouse has said this. They're, they're advertising they tickets. Are. They are. On Chicago Cubs broadcasts, they're advertising tickets on the Chicago Cubs broadcasts for the series against the Cubs at Great American Ballpark. Now look, I get it. Chicago fans, they travel well. There's a plethora of them. Some of them live in Hamilton. Most of them live in Mason. I understand the concept of it, all right? My only thing is, like, if we're a baseball town, if we're a baseball town, We have a four-game set against the Chicago Cubs, the team that we're chasing right in front of us for the wild card. You could argue that maybe, perhaps, if Milwaukee starts stumbling down the stretch fighting for the division. A four-game set on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The last thing I want to hear, the last thing I want to hear is let's go Cubbies in Great American Ballpark. I don't know what you got to do. I know I'm trying to tell you how to spend your money. I know I'm trying to tell you what. Just call a buddy, tell a friend, go get your tickets now. Get you some tickets. Go down to the ballpark one night. One night. Because you know Chicago is going to bring some fans. I do not, again, want to hear, let's go Cubbies in Great America Ballpark. Now, some of that depends on whether or not they're winning or losing, right? But in all seriousness, I know that uh, we're a small token of, of people here within within Chatterbox community. But if you got a chance, go down to the ballpark. Okay, I think I'm going to try to make it down there on Friday. It's a doubleheader um, to figure out what I'm going to do for the show, but that's here nor there. The point is is that if you, if you call it a baseball city, what would they do in St. Louis? What would they do in St. Louis? If this was St. Louis and a team that they were fighting for a wild card, would it even be remotely possible to get tickets a couple days before the game? And by tickets, I'm talking at the box office. I'm not talking about StubHub. Of course, you can always get tickets on StubHub whenever. I don't want to hear someone in the chat or somebody after the fact being like chirping me saying, well, you can always get tickets. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a sellout crowd before you get to the stadium. If we're, again, I'm going to say this again, maybe this is, maybe this is unfair. You might say, Trace, you're not being fair. I'm being as fair as possible. Compare yourself to other big baseball cities and see where you stand. If we're a baseball city, there is no reason the Chicago Cubs should be broadcasting, advertising on their airwaves about getting tickets to an unsold-out stadium for the away team that they're chasing and or fighting against, the Cincinnati Reds. I get it. Chicago's a big city, much bigger than Cincinnati. You major market. I'm, I'm, obviously, I'm not naive to that. But if you're a baseball city, no chance in the world. No chance in the world tickets should be available a day or two before that game. And by game, I mean two games on Friday. It's a four-game series against the Cubs. I'd argue it's the biggest series for the rest of the year. Yes, the Diamondbacks rival that. It's right in front of us. Yes, San Francisco's no slouch as well. But if I'm looking down the list, I'll guarantee you this. It's the last meaningful homestand against anybody relevant. You got the Cubs coming to town next. After that, you got the Cardinals. After that, you got the Twins. After that, you got Pittsburgh. And that's it. That's all you got left at Great American Ballpark. If you're not going to go to a game for the rest of the year, I understand. If money's tight, I understand. But if you got any money at all and you want to get down to Great American Ballpark, there's only four real games that you should get down there for. And they come in three days. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Let me help you out. I know it sounds like I'm selling tickets for the Cincinnati Reds front office, but I'm telling you. September 1, September 2, September 3, Chicago Cubs, four games, seasons on the line. Are we a baseball town or not? Are we a baseball town or not? I'm tired of talking about baseball town. I want to be about a baseball town. it's, It's absolutely ridiculous that we sit here and act like we're a baseball town and there's still tickets available to that series. They would not be available in St. Louis. I can guarantee you that. They wouldn't be.
4: The, the, the Cardinals on Sunday, they're 20 games under 500. they They're playing the Mets. On Sunday, had 40,000 fans in, the, in, the, in Bush Stadium.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, as a Reds fan, I, I go to probably 20 games a year. I'm not going to say I do my job, but I do my job as a fan, certainly. I think there's a lot of fans on Twitter that get very upset and they're very temperamental that don't show up to the games. I think you guys should show, to the, show up to the games. You get to see Redzilla. You get to see Rosie Red. There's a lot of good things at the ballpark. A lot of good that you can get a $15 Chick-fil-A sandwich. That's another good one. But in all seriousness, the Reds have done a very good job in terms of uh, attendance this season. I think I think it will be a sellout. I think there'll be 40,000 people there, and there should be. I think, at I, 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 Trace just said it, I think it, it will determine who wins this division or at least who makes the playoffs between the Cubs and the Reds. I, think, I don't think three teams make the division. Um... I think it's going to be between the Cubs and the Reds. If the Reds sweep that series, boom, playoffs. That's what I think. Reed.
4: I, I think I think the Reds and the Cubs can make the postseason. But I don't yeah. think so. I don't think so. But uh, you know, it's, I don't think so. Trace, Trace, Trace is, uh, didn't tell you the full story on the on the advertising on the Cubs broadcast. So I've been watching the Cubs broadcast obviously for a while now, and uh, it's not the Cubs who are advertising. To go to this Reds series. It is the Reds that are advertising to Cubs fans trying to sell tickets. At the end of the ad it says get your tickets at Reds.com. It is the Reds who are trying to get Cubs fans to come to Great American Ballpark.
1: And you know what, you might say, not a good, not a good look. You might, you might tell me, oh, that's ridiculous. The front office, the, the, the people that that are running the Reds or whatever. And you know what, maybe this is some. maybe there's some MLB thing where the MLB runs ads for opposing networks and we don't know about it. So before we sit here and jump all over the Cincinnati Reds for doing that, I would say, who's that more uh, of an indictment on? Is it an indictment on the Cincinnati Reds for running advertisements for the Chicago Cubs and trying to get them to buy tickets? Or is it an indictment on the fact that locally they can't sell enough damn tickets to be able to sell the game out to where they're now trying to get other teams' fans to come to the game so they can make sure they make all the money they possibly can? I don't know.
4: People are saying this is the worst take I've ever had. Guys, this isn't a take. Get MLB TV and watch the Cubs game tonight. You'll see the ad that I'm talking about. It's been running for two weeks now. It is an ad that that says go to Reds.com, get tickets for the Cubs, your Cubs coming to town to Cincinnati. It is a Reds ad to get Cubs fans to come to Great American Ballpark. I'm not, I'm not, like, giving you my opinion here. I'm just telling you what is going on. And you can take that for what
3: it's worth about your beloved Reds franchise, but that's just what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I think the Reds have done that before. They did it for the Yankees earlier this year. Aaron Judge and the Yankees are coming to town. They ran that ad for three months. I mean, it was, it was, it was literally, I mean, that's that's where the state of the franchise was is no matter what happens this year, the Yankees are coming to town for three games. Like, that was the most important thing. The Reds have done it. But to Trace's point, I do think there is something to sell it to the Cubs fans, get those suckers into the ballpark, and have them get four games swept. So I think it could be a great marketing play by, by Philly C and Bobby C, two guys, well-renowned guys. Where are you going to go, Cubs fans? You're going to come right here. You're going to come right home to Cincinnati. Just a 20-minute drive, 30-minute drive from Mason. Do you want to go to a game? It went well last week. I'm time. not going to another game with you, ever. Let's go in the bleachers. Let's be a bleacher <laughs> ever. bum. Ever. There's Come no on. bleacher bums in Cincinnati. We, we're just respectful people. They're you all go, just bums. You go, to, you go to Chicago and these people, I mean, again, I, can't, I, don't, I don't want to rehash this whole thing, but they're disrespectful. These are disrespectful human beings. Wow. Reed's one of them. He started dancing on my grave in Chicago. It made it, made it one of, truly one of the worst experiences of all time. Cubs are going to lose that series. The Reds are going to make the postseason. Cubs are not going to make the postseason. Diamondbacks better. Giants better. They're better than the Marlins. Credit to you, you're better than the Marlins. But other than that, I like the Reds' chances. Elliot, lot.
1: I'll make a pack with you. If, yeah, the Reds, if the Reds end up finding a way to, to make the, the postseason and or they're playing some meaningful baseball in Chicago again relatively soon, uh, Reed, Reed can go. That's fine. Maybe he can go sit wherever he needs to sit. But we're going to go back and we're going to have a hell of a time. We're going to experience Wrigley the way it was supposed to be experienced, which is the Reds are going to win and we're going to dance on everyone else's graves. That's what's going to happen. We need to change your narrative of Chicago. Chicago, in my opinion, great great town. town. Great town, great town. You've got got to know what you're doing. Can't be trying to drive an F 250 with a 20 foot bed on the back of it through through downtown through downtown chicago that's a bad idea but you take the l if you need to you take some ubers if you need to we'll get around the city in a nice way i don't know mr you know mr chicago cubs fan i don't know why he couldn't get you around the city in, in a nice timely manner couldn't convince you enough to be able to take the the appropriate means of transportation in chicago tried but I tried well but you didn't do a good enough job but here's Apparently. the thing here's the thing elliot we're going to change the narrative we're going to go up there and we're going to take back what's ours, which is uh, which is basically some baseball <laughs> games that they we right, we rightfully deserve. Um, the good news is is about the Cubs; they have not yet understood this. It doesn't matter how many how many games you you win by, uh, or how many runs you win the game by, it still counts the same. See, the Cubs they like to rub it in on people. They they yeah. they they score like six runs, seven runs. They got a seven run lead. No, they they want to make it fourteen or fifteen runs. I've seen them do it multiple times this year. So kudos to them. That's why their run differential so great. But it's all irrelevant at the end of the day. Hey,
4: the Cubs have have won – only lost one of their last 12 series.
1: OJ's Bronco, alert.
4: He's back. He's He's back back
1: in the chat. He's back. Did Tom quit OJ's Bronco? I thought you quit, OJ? Uh, Oh, no. He's throwing shots already. Here's the thing, OJ. uh, Tom did not quit. Um, He is dealing with a vocal cord situation. I'll get ahead of that again on this show. Uh, for those that don't know, Tom is dealing with a vocal cord situation, and we're hopeful that he is back soon. And no one's more hopeful than me. I love doing this show. I wanted to do this show at an elite level. I'll be honest with you, the last uh, about a week and a half, it's hard to do the show at elite level. Too many things are going on. Cincinnati Reds are playing games till 4 in the morning. I'm turning around trying to wake up and provide you with the best show that one could possibly do on uh, basically three hours of sleep, and here I am. Still have to get this golf Uh, this golf match completed, edited, it's getting closer yesterday. I just decided you ever, you ever so tired in your life that you get those headaches. And then you're just like, you know what? I think my, my brain and my, my body's just telling me I gotta, I gotta, I gotta stop. So I stopped yesterday. I told myself though, I told you, I lied to you that I was going to have it done. I don't have it quite done yet, but we're getting there. Um, but I do think it's fun and funny. All right. One thing I want to discuss that I just thought of, uh, this morning on the way in, uh, the NFL obviously is an elite league. Some would say that there's nothing wrong with it, this, that, and the other. The XFL is a, is a league that now is being played after the season, correct? Please correct me if I'm wrong, but it, yeah, it, gets, played, it gets played basically right after the Super the X, Bowl.
3: Yep, the
4: XFL is played right after the, the Super Bowl, and then the USFL happens after the XFL. Right.
1: So, why doesn't the XFL just play their games similar to a Maction-style situation, but they play every Tuesday. And it's, it's genuinely the minor leagues for the NFL. There needs to be – like a guy like Trey Lance, a guy – you could argue a bunch of quarterbacks in this league need reps. They need real game reps. Yeah. They don't get game reps ever until it's literally the brightest lights of all brightest lights, right? There's no reason that backup quarterbacks – and, and even other guys that maybe don't get a chance to play a ton, your fifth and sixth receivers, if you're putting them on the, the special teams guys that, although, yeah, they play special teams and they play, they also play a different position. It's just that they don't get a chance to play. Why? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm being big brain here and they'll eventually do this and they should do it. But why wouldn't they just play the football season during the football season on Tuesdays and just... Again, you're feeding the American public what they want. You're going to be able to gamble on it. You're going to be able to watch it on Tuesdays. Why is Maxion so successful? Well, because you can gamble on it. That's why Maxion's successful. Don't know if ESPN and the, and the wild, you know, what do they call themselves? The worldwide leader in Disney. <laughs> the mothership. The mothership. They might not want to tell you this, but the truth is the reason their ratings are so good on Tuesdays is because all the ge- degenerate gamblers. Seems like they're fine with the ratings. Um. Here's the thing. Why don't they do that? And maybe it's just well, not they not think of that yet. What, well, what's no, the,
4: that, just... that's the holy grail for these leagues. Like that's what the XFL and the USL, fl yeah. want. They want to be the minor leagues for the NFL because it just it, it would just work better for them. They'd get better talent. They would be associated with with an NFL team, and it would it would get the fan base from that team everything would be better for those leagues. The reason that they don't do that is because the NFL then would have to put money into these leagues and the NFL looks at their product right now. And they say, we have, we have absolutely no problem with our current minor league system, which is college football. We spend not a single dollar on our minor league system and it's working great. We're the, we're the number one sport here in the, in the country. And it, and it looks like it's not going to tread any, any other direction anytime soon. So for that to happen, the NFL would have to make serious, a serious cash, serious money investment, and they're just not going to do that because it already works the way that they currently have
1: it. Well, I would be clear. I'm not talking about college players. I think college players and the college landscape can stay the same. I'm talking about guys that are that are basically XFL players now, right. and then on top of that, guys that just don't get a chance to play on Sundays currently. And I guess you could argue that maybe maybe you could argue that the, that the uh, 49ers don't want to have their their first round quarterback going out and playing in meaningless games but are they meaningless? I would argue they're not meaningless you get a chance to see you know actual real feedback you would like to think that a player could could severely uh, progress much quicker than they would if they just sat behind somebody and then you're also going to be able to probably make the NFL a little more a little more uh, fun from a trade rumor and a trade standpoint really hard to make trades in the nfl in my opinion because you don't get a chance to see these guys play a lot especially the guys that you're trying to trade which maybe that's maybe that's not the exact reason there's not a whole lot of trades in the nfl could be salary caps and all the all the other things that would get in the way of those types of decisions there's still trades i get it but not as many as like you would say in in major league baseball trades in general though i think would, would would increase when you can see whoever you're trading for on a weekly basis in a real game um you know, I again the XFL. It seems like it's already been adopted a little bit by the NFL. I, I believe that's a real thing, right? I think that it's like I I don't think it's a hundred percent formal thing, but I think that they've invested in the XFL. Um, they've put some dollars behind the XFL because they want the XFL to succeed, right? It's their sport. It's the brand. It's funny how the NFL is so popular that we just assume it to be football. Like that's how much of a market hold the NFL has. It. Basically, is the sport, right? And I guess you could say that's the same about other things in the world. People call sodas. They call them Cokes. No free ads. They call Kleenexes. Uh, they, call, they call, what do they call them? Tissue paper. They call it tissue paper. Uh, Kleenex. No free ads. So I get all the concepts of big brands holding the market edge. But at the same time, the NFL, I'd like to think if they just said, hey, XFL, you're playing during the season. You're going to play on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. All of a sudden now, the NFL has every day of the week. Except for Saturdays and Fridays, I guess.
3: Yeah, I, I, I think Reed is right, though. I, they want to be a part of the NFL. Yeah. Roger Goodell's just not going to cut them a, a check. If they, if they were aligned with the NFL in the, way, in the manner that you're saying, their league becomes so much more relevant. Everybody's getting rich down there. That's not what the NFL needs to do. They just need to keep grinding what they're doing. By the way, having three backup football leagues is crazy. You have the XFL, you have the USFL. And now they're, doing, they're bringing back arena football. So, I mean, I, how many of these failed leagues can they bring back before it's like, all right, maybe we shouldn't. I think Dwayne The Rock is USFL or is he XFL? XFL. XFL. Okay, I'm he's backed by WWE. Who's USFL? Who owns that one? Is that the, is that the other wrestle? I thought that was the wrestling guy.
1: No, Xf- XFL. I think the USFL might even be backed by some TV networks, but okay. it could be off on that. It,
3: it, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense having three of them. Like, if, you, if those three, the arena, the XFL, the USFL, combined into one league, and then they kind of worked with the NFL, maybe, maybe that could happen. Maybe. But I still don't think, even the way football is played, having the minor leagues uh, with all the injuries and stuff like that, I don't feel like it would ever work from a from a health standpoint either. Right.
4: Yeah, It's like, like I said, It that's what these leagues want to do. They want to be the minor leagues for, for the NFL. But the NFL would then have to make an investment towards those leagues, and they don't deem that they need to do that because their current minor league system, whatever you want to call it, College football already works perfectly well for them.
1: Uh, Chad Waits with the Super Chat says, Joe Mixon and a third for Jonathan Taylor, who says no. Hey, man. I actually I actually am not even going to get into this take, Waits, because uh, I feel like it just turns toxic every single time. Now, you know me. I love me some toxicity. Uh, you don't get the name Toxic Trace for nothing. But the thing is, is like I've uh, – uh, it, it, I don't want to say it's a bit because I don't think it's a bit. I think that there is some serious tone to when I say that I think that uh, – that having a guy like Jonathan Taylor uh, could could elevate your team and make them go from you know being on the edge of winning a Super Bowl to just getting over the hump. Now that is very 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 fractional. So again, Joe Mixon, I feel like uh, what do I say here? I do feel bad that I that that he's done such an excellent job in his career in Cincinnati. Uh, you could say model citizen. Maybe that's the wrong word to use, but with all with all due respect to where he was coming from, when he was drafted, the narrative coming out of the draft, to what he's been, he's been unbelievable. I mean, he's, he's been every, he's been everything that you could possibly want. If you were a Cincinnati Bengals fan and or someone in the front office for the Cincinnati Bengals, and Joe Mixon at this point doesn't deserve slander by any means. I said the other day that obviously I thought P Ryan uh, was better, and that was more or less in my opinion a boost to p ryan not a knock to joe mixon um i just think p ryan's a really good player i think we'll see what ultimately ends up happening with p ryan he gets a chance to be the number one guy or at least high pro team. i don't follow the denver broncos wholeheartedly to be fair but you know i would assume that he's going to get a chance to carry the ball a little bit more and at the end of the day i think the Bengals wanted p ryan back P. Ryan just wanted an opportunity to be the main guy. So, you know, kudos to him. Credit to P. him. P. Ryan's second. Um, second string. Okay. So maybe, I don't know, maybe P. Ryan thought he was going to be the number one guy. Maybe he'll get a little more splits than he was in Cincinnati. Who knows? At the end of the day, it's the NFL. Not for long league for a reason. Yeah, you, you think you're signing a guy. Look at uh, um, look at Russell Wilson last year. You, you I mean, <laughs> what a disaster. Yeah. You thought you were getting something if you were a Broncos fan. You thought you were getting some massive big-time deal, uh, big-time quarterback come in and lead you to a Super Bowl, and, and you got quite the opposite. So, Russell Wilson, will he bounce back, yes or no, really quickly?
3: Yeah, I think he will. Uh, the, a brand-new head coach, somebody who actually knows what he's doing, and Sean Payton. So, I think Russell Wilson has a very good year. I think the Broncos are going to be good. I think Jerry Judy's very good. I think Cortland Sutton's very good. Uh, Javante Williams is very good. I think their defense is elite. So I think, I think the Broncos will be fine. I, think they'll, I, think, I still think they'll win probably eight or nine games right around there. It's, a, it's an impossible division to win if you're not Kansas City. So I, but I do think Russell Wilson has the talent. I think he had the worst coach in the history of the sport last year, and it, and it, and it probably hurt his play a little bit. God. But I, I, I'll say this. Watching the Broncos on primetime football, I think they had like eight games on primetime last year. They scored a combined three points in those games. <laughs> One, it, was, it was a disaster. I mean, it was an absolute disaster from the Denver Broncos.
4: <laughs> to, to answer your question, I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what – Dangerous. They're, not gonna,
3: they're literally not going to win
4: that division. I don't think they're a serious contender in the AFC. I mean, yeah, I think he's got the capability. I think he's a good athlete. Broncos um, country. He's, he's a weird fella. That's he's, right. he's, he's a very weird fella, but I don't care because it doesn't matter. He has
3: seven it, bathrooms in his house. Or 11 bathrooms? Yes, that was the bit remember last. That year? Was the bit last do you remember
1: year. Remember that? Yes, I yeah, do. He had uh, he had more bathrooms than touchdowns. Uh, I think through like week twelve last year. I think that's where we were at. Um, all right. In regards to um, in regards to the NFL and other news, uh, I see on the chat, folks suggesting that 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 Joe Mixon is not. I mean, wh- why are we slandering Joe Mixon? What's the point? He's been great. Am I? Am I missing something? Is there a big news cycle that I missed? He's been proven innocent in the issues that he's had recently. I don't know why Joe Mixon's getting so much slander in the chat. I don't think he deserves that. Um, but if you've not seen, one thing I do want to make you guys aware of that uh, that is important. If you've not seen, we have a plethora of new shows. I, there's so many of them that I feel like I, I'm gonna accidentally forget one. It's a little ridiculous. So we have Chatterbox Bengals. Just hit just hit the uh, the airwaves of YouTube, right? We also have uh, chatterbox clicker with Kyle Kasky uh, that airs on Tuesday nights. That's going to be a really good show. I think, like I said before, I told these guys in the office, I know that the numbers on that show might be a little lower than usual at the very beginning of the season, because again, some people love film. Some people don't love film. Some people like understanding the nuances of, of, of the game within the game. Some people don't, but I think that Kyle does such a good job that it'll, uh, it'll get people interested. And in, again, once, uh, Once the Bengals start playing real football, um, not trying to downplay the preseason. I got in trouble last time I did that. But once they start playing some real football, um, I think that we're in a situation that uh, that show will do well. And we got another show. Two shows on the way. One, Chatterbox Bearcats, which we'll talk about in just a second with uh, Chucky Buckets. I guess that's the nickname I'm going to give him. Chuck Walters. And the show Chatter. The Chatter. The Chatter. The Chatter was a show. Let's bring... I'm about to grab my headphones. This is a big league move here in the middle of the segment. Um, this is what happens. They tell you before the show starts. They tell you, "Don't wear your headphones, Trace. You don't need them." Okay. Well, I guess I do need them. Start listening to these guys, and you get downhill real fast. All right. Let's bring in Chuck Walter. Chuck, um, you got you got the uh, the chatter. Something that you did a while ago. If you have, although, by the way, if you have uh, YouTube going on another browser or something like that, if you could mute that, that'd be awesome. I don't know if you do. If you don't, that's just all right, you did. Good. Love you, Chuck. All right, here's the thing. Chuck Walters has a, has a childhood buddy that he started something called The Chatter, and uh, I listened to the first episode, and quite frankly, it's just funny. I mean, it's funny. If you like humor, if you like being entertained, you listen to The Chatter. Did I give that a decent intro, Chuck?
0: Wonderful intro. It's it's where sports and comedy collide for a whole bunch of chatter. We go on our tangents and talk about nothing at some points, but we're also having on great guests. Uh, yesterday we had on, um, we, we taped it, Evan Romansky, who's a Sycamore guy, huge Bearcats fan, loves the Bengals. He was actually at the Reds game at Angel Stadium the other day. And he is the uh, screenwriter of the show Ratchet, which is on Netflix if you've seen it. It follows the life of Nurse Ratchet. And we talked to him about being on the, the picket lines. We pitched him a movie script. We talked to him about how difficult it is to break into that industry. Um, I got a response from uh, someone that I produced his show, Sean Salisbury. I'm sure you know him, that he wants to come on potentially. Uh, Lorenzo Neal, the, the, the five-time Pro Bowler, the former Cincinnati Bengal. I did a, a post-game show with him. He wants to come on. So we're just trying to get interesting guests in whatever field they may be, sports or not, and entertain you. I had a buddy that texted me yesterday on his way into work and he said I was laughing out loud in traffic. That's what we want. We want people driving in at 8 a.m. if they're having a horrible day to turn it on and uh, just enjoy the show.
1: Well, I think my favorite segment was Houdini. You could shine some light on Houdini is um, here in a second. But my favorite part was Houdini's dad uh, decided he was going to go and and live a farm life. That was my favorite segment. I got to be honest. I I know there was other parts of that that that, that, uh, maybe people enjoyed more than Houdini's dad segment. But that was, uh, that was a funny little bit there. Had me laughing, uh, had me laughing out loud. I guess in, in general terms, if you don't mind, share with the audience who Houdini is and kind of where that conversation went.
0: Yeah, his dad, is Tim, is a lot like Houdini in that sense. He's, you know, a Westsider. He he went to Elder, um, and I'm an Eastsider. And, you know, growing up in Cincinnati, there was always that that Westside toughness. And I didn't really know him because social media wasn't the same way that it is now until we, you know, got to senior year of high school and college, whatever it may be. But he's an absolute clown. You know he's got the tats he, he looks pretty tough he, he doesn't smile a whole ton. he's just kind of stoic but you get him going and he is hysterical and i found that out pretty early and so his girlfriend myself all his friends we've been trying to get him to do stand-up for forever and this was kind of the first step of, of putting him out there he started it in 2018. honestly when we were doing this for the first time in 2018, I was working at, at Lexington, and I think I had just started doing some like minor league previews for Reds Live at the time. And Houdini would drop some F-bombs and, and cuss a little on the podcast, and I was like, I can't have this, Houdini. I'm a, comp- man. I'm a company man. I can't have you saying that. And then after five, six years of the industry and watching – big cat and 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 pft and pat mcafee and joe rogan and all these guys get in the bag i said forget being a company man say whatever you want (laughs) hudson just be funny uh let's be authentic let's have a good time let's talk sports when sports are applicable if it's four minutes of joe buck's awkward handshake we're going to talk about that because there wasn't a lot going on the other day but nfl season it gives you content and we're just here to break it down man
1: all right, so you're also gonna you're also gonna lead up something called Chatterbox Bearcats. I, I think that's the term that we ended up coining because at some point the show this show and by show I mean this company has become very very uh, non-creative because of uh, whatever reason YouTube and their algorithms we, heaven forbid you change anything shout out Locked On for that. I don't mean to bring up any competitors on the program, but it seems like they've somehow found a way to dominate. The world with their podcast, no offense, but their podcasts aren't all that great, but they got a billion of them. They're all called the same thing. So here comes Chatterbox trying to do the same thing to a slight extent. You're a big Bearcat guy. Houdini's a big Bearcat guy. You guys are going to do something similar, I guess, similar. What's the plan here behind uh, Chatterbox Bearcats?
0: I don't think it'll be as X's and O's based and I'll break it down. Like that's, that's my background. I've been in sports. I've done post game shows. I've, I've had to break it down so I can dabble in that, but we're versatile. I don't think Houdini's planning on getting too much into the box score and saying, Oh, we got 16 points from Az- Aziz Bandango here. Oh, Emery Jones 15 of 21. I-, I didn't like that check down that he had in the second quarter. He should have gone to the flat. Like I don't expect Houdini to say a ton of that. But we're just going to talk, Bearcats, as if we're in the uh, the local bar, if we're in, you know, the, the Mount Lookout Tavern, which was our old stomping grounds back in the day. I'm based in Chicago now, so it's been a minute. I think it's been since the renovation of Mount Lookout Tavern. But all the viewers, hopefully, even if you're drinking in O'Doul's, all are welcome. Uh, we're, we're just going to talk to you as if we're at the local bar. and we we tuned into the game, we're going to break it down and have some fun. That's uh really the only plan with Chatterbox Bearcats post-game shows and then a weekly podcast. We're more basketball guys to be honest with you and it's been tougher to to get into football aside from aside from the last, you know, 3-4 years of fickle but uh, through the, the Tuberville era, and, and once they made the switch to the American, it was East Carolina and, and Tulsa and uh, let's go with South Florida and back-to-back-to-back to back to back weeks. You know, it's a little tougher when your team's just 7-5 and five to get really into it. But Luke Fickle making it to the playoffs and the team that they had last year that was pretty solid despite the loss to Louisville, and now the transition of the Big 12, I'm all in. I was a season ticket holder in 09. I was at the Pittsburgh game where uh, the fans ran out of the field too early and they're like, no, Dave Wonstadt's like, get him off the field. The game's not over yet. And then we stormed the field after that. And then I was at the Syracuse game the next week where we were all chucking oranges on the field. So I go way back with the cats. Don't get me wrong. I'm just more of a, a basketball expert. I mean, I could tell you every single player, every single number that they've worn for the last 20 years, If you want to get into Hernal hall talk and his ineligibility i can go back into the well if you want to talk chad Moore, i'll talk some chad Moore with you football it's not quite the same way i mean i know digger knock if we want to get deep into the weeds i can pull out the uh the marty gilliards of the world the marcus barnett's who, who made the transition the uh demetrius jones who was a quarterback and transitioned to safety so with all that being said i think i know my bearcats trace i think i know my bearcats and i'm excited to talk bearcats with the people bring energy and uh bring as much knowledge as i have
1: speaking of the bearcats uh this is going to be one of the few years i guess i, I, I would venture to say that Satterfield's going to be in a position where the expectations are going to be really low um obviously moving to the big 12 you're in it you're in a university like cincinnati you got resources now to a certain extent clearly not not to the extent of the oklahoma states of the world of course uh, but that's but that's beside the point. Do you think that this season has a chance to surprise anybody or it kind of is what it is? There's going to be some lumps along the way. What's your gut reaction telling you with that?
0: I think so, man. I The, the proof is in the pudding is always a, a tale that I've heard or a, a phrase that I've heard. I say the tale is in the tapioca. And you go back to what Scott Satterfield did at Louisville in his first season I was working at LEX 18 in Lexington at the time, so covering Kentucky, so I was very familiar with what Louisville was doing, and they were coming off the heels of Bobby Petrino's mess. They brought back Bobby, and the card said, we are back, and they weren't back. Instead, Petrino was out, and the team absolutely sucked. With that being said, um, Satterfield comes in. Everyone's pretty excited about the hire because he did great things at Appalachian State in their transition from 1AA to Division I or FCS, whatever we call it nowadays. And um, so he comes in, Satterfield, right away. I think he won seven, seven games. He was ACC Coach of the Year. He was big time. Everyone was fired up about him. He brought in good recruits. He was he was very uh, adaptable to the NIL and getting guys in cars for pictures and and holding up the money sign or, or whatever it may be that gets these kids excited nowadays. And he was great. But year two, just kind of the same. Year three, same. And then they were built the same way. The team, in terms of they, they love to run the ball um, on third and long consistently. They were um, – you know they were running on third and 12 and everyone was getting upset that they weren't hurling it around but that they had a dual threat quarterback like they're going to have this year with emory jones but they were good on the edges one of the best pressuring teams in the country and every year they were they were consistently decent at the very least to and satterfield jumped for a reason i mean he still had time left on his contract They, they some people had the pitchforks but they weren't they weren't taking his contract away you know that money was guaranteed at least for next year so he saw something in the Bearcats and left uh brought in a ton of transfers so it's really hard to gauge like hey this this guy from Utah State that was good at Utah State is he going to transfer or is he going to convert to the Big 12 Emory Jones who had one good season at Florida and then went to Arizona State and lost his job under Herm Edwards is he going to bounce back and be good I don't know but i do think there's hope there where everyone says ah this team's going to suck if they were going to suck i wouldn't be doing chatterbox cats because that would be a waste of a saturday right
1: yeah i think gonna that, be that good. is a very very a very well articulated message on satterfield the, 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 the you just never know right i mean some guys can go to certain schools and have success and then they, there might be other schools where 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 they would be a complete failure until until you're put in the specific job at that specific time it's hard to say whether or not uh Satterfield's gonna have success and the good news is is they play games on the field and we get to find out together moving forward though another guy that everybody was super excited about when he came in Wes Miller kind of if anything he kind of won the press conference he was going around on the tour Wes Miller is the guy he's been the guy hasn't had a ton of success quite yet but one could argue there's very valid reasons as to why moving into the big 12 now the best basketball conference in, in, in America what is your take or what is your thought process on Wes? Uh, do you think the seat could get hot at all? Or is this a situation where he needs some time? Uh, your, I guess your overall state of the program with the UC Bearcat basketball team.
0: I loved how he just came in right away and said, he, he knew the buzzwords. He said, I'm going to kick Xavier's butt. We're going we're to go into Toss and we're going to kick their behinds. Um, and, and the how about the alumni team? How about the uh, the Nasty Natty going into Centos and taking down zip him up I, I think that's what Wes was talking about. Um, <laughs> in regards to the – let's go with a letter grade, first of all. I'd give him – a C minus. Now, it's not going to be a D plus just because of the, the way that he's recruited. Now, recruiting means nothing on the floor until we actually see these guys out there. But I believe enough in Rayvon Griffith and Jizzle James, day Thomas, and all these players that they brought in. Dan Skillings, I love too, to where I think they're going to take the corner. And we'll put him at a C minus right now with potential of being a B by conference play because I like Wes a lot. Here's the deal that I've had. He struck out last year. I think he knows it. The staff knows it. They brought in players like Rob Fennessy. I know he got hurt, but they brought in Rob Fennessy. They brought in Kalua Zipke, two guys that did not help you whatsoever. And Zipke is the one that hurts because they needed bigs. They were getting destroyed down low. Every time they play Houston, they lose by about 20 20 boards on the glass. I mean Houston was just horrible for the longest time. I grew up with Houston in the Conference USA and it was a free pass. You know, you put the check mark on the schedule before you even uh, 2 weeks before you even got to the game. Now Houston's just kicking the Bearcats ass. It, it does not feel good at all. But he can turn it around this year if one of these two guys is healthy. Aziz Bandego, transfer from Utah Valley that killed him in the nit last year and he's he's legit i think he's nba type talent he's he's a star and then this other guy jameel reynolds from temple who was pretty good against the cats too puts up good numbers and he's a big body that they need if those two are ineligible for some reason the ncaa who doesn't seem to care about anything anymore they say no you know we're not gonna give bandago his waiver for um for mental health because he wants to move back closer to home that's not going to happen jameel reynolds forget that you were with forget that you were with mckee and he left we're not granting you a waiver if they're missing both those guys it's back to odio guama and victor Lockin down low in the big 12 going into to the fog now Odie looks good it looks like he hits the weight weights this offseason i like victor um i think he's going to be a good player but do you trust those two Entering the Big 12, where your off day is a road trip to West Virginia? No. You need Bandago. You need C.J. Frederick to be healthy. You need some of these freshmen to at least step up. You need Skillings to be a star. They need a lot of things to be good. I think a lot of those things will happen. Now, Maybe it's John Newman's incredible defensively and he scores seven, eight points and and no one's even saying John Newman's name and he helps to them being a good team. Or maybe it's Jizzle James averages 15 points and he's one of the best freshmen in the country. They need a multitude of different things because as of right now, I think you could point at their roster and say, all right, who is the best player on this team? And there's like six or seven guys that you could potentially choose from. I don't think there's a clear cut slam dunk Maybe it's Aziz if he's eligible, but there doesn't seem to be that like slam dunk. And that can be a good thing because you spread the wealth and you have a team that, you know, has a bunch of guys that average 10, 11 points, whatever they may be. But I like a team that has a bona fide star, a Jaron Cumberland, a Sean Kilpatrick, a Steve Logan. The best Bearcats teams over the years had a bona fide star. Who's that going to be for this year's team? I don't know.
1: Well, one guy we mentioned before uh, to circle back here on situations that can happen. You can be great in one place and not great in another. C.J. Frederick, a local kid, you could make the argument that just has kind of had a little bit of a rough start to his college career, uh, bounced around, obviously was a Kentucky, that didn't work out, finds himself in a UC uniform. He might be that guy. I think C.J. Frederick's a guy that that can be really good. Um, Did you get much of a chance to see him play at the high school level? And, And if you did... I guess, share some thoughts on what you think that might happen this year with him. And if not, we can kind of keep it moving.
0: All right. So we're going to start off first with a shout out. Coach Andy Wimberg, who's now in uh, PR out, I think, at Coors in in Denver. But at one point, he was was trying to be a basketball coach, and he coached two young players at Cardinal Pacelli on the same team. One was named C.J. Frederick. The other was named Miles McBride who's now in the NBA. So, Pretty yes, good. that was a grade school basketball team. And Yeah, I would imagine they didn't lose too many games. So I went to Pacelli. Frederick was in, like, second grade when I was in eighth grade or whatever it may be. Um, no, that can't be right. There's no way he's 24. Um, if he is, kudos to staying in college that long. I wish I was in college till I was 24. But he may actually be 24 with all the transfers and everything. So I think he was six, seven years younger than me. So I've heard his name for forever. He went to Moeller for a minute. Um, transferred to Covcath. I watched his state championship game when they played Scott County. I was covering uh, the, the Cardinals and, and Michael Marino and company for um, for LAX 18 at the time. So he's always been a really good player. Went to Iowa and lit it up. I'm talking like 48% from threes on volume. Uh, it was incredible. And if the Cats can get that version of CJ Frederick, then they are in business. I think it's a match made in heaven. Um, a... Wes Miller just seems like the, uh, the the whisperer for these guys that if they have had struggles in the past, like Kentucky's a tough place to go and play. There's just tons of media, expectations. You get hurt a few times. The fan base, some of the fan base, I should say, starts turning on you. I don't think Cincy's the same way. I think it's a good place to, to revitalize a career, although we haven't seen it a ton in the past, I guess you could say. I mean, Kyle Washington is a good example of someone that, came into Cincy they embraced him and uh had a huge senior season Kane Broom I guess you could say was the same way but he was incredible at Sacred Heart so that's not really the same situation but I do think that Frederick um can come in and at least be serviceable give them what they need which isn't he's not going to be their bona fide star but he's someone that can knock down three threes in a row have fifth third arena rocking with Kansas in the house or with um Iowa State in the house, whoever it may be, and really flip the momentum and knock down free throws. I mean, that's been such an issue for Cincy dating back to the Huggins era, just knocking down timely free throws late. And you know that you're going to get 85%, 90% from C.J. Frederick. I just did want one more word on Wes Miller because you asked about the letter grade and how he's doing, if he's going to be on the hot seat. I don't think he could be – he can't be fired after this year unless John Brandon like, allegations develop he can't be fired I think he can be on the hot seat after the end of this year if his two players are ineligible and he brought them in to you know help them win in the big 12 and they can't play and the the freshmen just aren't good and you don't see signs of light for the next couple of years and the players that he already has don't take that step Josh Reed Dan Skillings they're just whatever in the big 12 and they go nine and 24 He's on the hot seat. I'm getting, you know, I don't have forever. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. I'm a Bearcats fan. I want to watch a winner. I'm not giving the guy 10 years because he looks like a politician and says all the right things. I love Wes. I think he's wonderful for the program. He says everything you want to hear. He's recruiting the right type of players. The guys love him. But we need to see success on the floor. Losing to Xavier every year, losing to Houston by 15 every time and not covering the spread when Chucky McBuckets has money on the spread. That's not going to cut it. Losing to Memphis every time, not going to cut it. Um, His big win right now is is Central Florida on the road. That's not going to cut it to me. So he's got to win some games this year. And I think he's going to do that.
1: Yeah, he certainly feels like a guy that that has huge upside. West Miller does, and it's also somebody that always names gets brought up anytime there was a big job. Almost hilariously, right, but right when he took the job at UC, West Miller's name was rumored for for some other big job. And it's like let's 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 pump the brakes a little bit. Let's see what kind of job he does at UC before he moves on. Uh, UC now, the maybe the biggest thing that I would take away from the opportunity that exists at that university is that yes, I think there's always stepping stone jobs, there's no doubt about it, but the relevancy of that job now, I think it could lend itself to some longevity with some coaches. I know that Fickle just left, Perhaps that he obviously knew he was going to the Big 12, but I thought that Thickel kind of seen what the cupboard was bearing and realized he had a payday to get made, and he decided to take the payday, and good for him in Wisconsin. I think he has just as good of a chance at Wisconsin to win the Big 10 as he does at UC to win the Big 12, so I don't know how big of an advantage he actually has at Wisconsin. I know people will argue that, but my main point is, is the elevation of going to the Big 12 can't be understated. It's going to be great for this city. It's going to be great for us at Chatterbox. It's going to be great for you. You're going to get to watch really good basketball almost all year long. Conference game after conference game after conference game against good opponents. That has not been something that you see in general athletics have had in years and years and years. So uh, I'm excited that you're on our platform, uh, Chucky Buckets. Let me tell you something. If you have not done this, please do me a favor. Go download the Chatter on all podcast platforms. It is a funny Funny, funny podcast. I don't mean to do that in front of people. I don't like to I don't like to humor them. I don't like to tell them how good they are in front of their face like I am doing the Chucky Buggets here. Houdini's the one that carries the load on that podcast. He's the funny guy. Chucky just kind of he just turns the lights on. He turns the microphones on. He keeps I steer
0: it the ship, man. I, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the boat captain. I steer the ship through the rocky seas. Houdini comes in, says whatever he wants, and, and he rubs off just enough on me to take off my, uh, to, to turn the big J into a lowercase J for a few, for a half hour or so. And the last thing I want to say, Trace, thanks for having me on the show. I am so excited. You have no idea. More excited than anything in my entire life, second probably to my wedding day, that I will never again see East Carolina on a Cincinnati Bearcats schedule. Thank God. Thank God. I was so tired of playing that team. All right.
1: Well, shout out
0: to, uh, I think they're
1: called the Pirates, but nonetheless to them. Thank you for coming on the show, uh, Chuck. Cheers the Pirates! Uh, Thanks, Trace. <laughs> best, uh, best, uh, best of luck with the Bearcats moving forward and then, uh, of course, uh, the chatter. If you've not seen... Uh, or what by scene i guess i mean listen heard. to the chatter heard heard if you've not heard the chatter go download it it's it's serious i think it's like 30 35 minutes it's it's a nice it's a nice Bite-sized podcasts You know those podcasts that go like two hours long. And you're like, right. ah, if you're not Joe Rogan, you're doing a two-hour podcast. You probably need to mix it up a little bit. You need to change it up, maybe cut down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's bite-sizable. It's funny. I think that those guys are going to be unbelievable for us, not only a Chatterbox, but they're going to be unbelievable in general. And uh, if you listen to them, I think they'll make your day a little bit brighter, um, unlike sometimes this show. Your guys' thoughts on uh, what he said about UC, I think we've talked about it at length already a little bit, but we're right now, we're right at the doorstep of this thing in the Satterfield era. I don't know what to expect. I got to be honest. If you told me that UC was going to go 9-3 uh, and three or something like that, and they make a bowl, they have an unbelievable season, I'd say, okay, I can buy into that. If you told me they were going to go 2-9 and nine or 2-10 and 10 or whatever their, their record would be, I could buy into that. Um, obviously, I know Reed, not a huge college football guy, but you got the other guy over there to to kind of carry the load, Elliot. Huge UC mm. fan, big time Bearcat mm. fan. loves some college football. How many wins does it take, Elliot, before everybody is on the Satterfield train?
3: I I I think it's going to be a bad year for UC football. I think it's going to be a really not the bad. question I asked. You're ask. not a believer in Emory I, Jones. Not the question I asked. If, if Scott Satterfield, <clears throat> if Scott Satterfield somehow wins six games and they play in the Cheez-It Bowl or whatever nonsense bowl that college football given away. Um, I, think, I think UC fans will be, will be very pleased. This is going to be a rude awakening uh, f- for the football part of it. I think basketball will figure it out. West Miller is going to figure it out. The recruiting classes in basketball are going to be far better. Uh, the Big 12 in basketball is, in my opinion, I don't even think it's my opinion, I think it's yes. just fact. It's, the, yeah. best, it's right. the best basketball conference in the country. Uh, football, I think it's going to be rough. I, I think Scott Satterfield was a bad hire. I think they were out of options. I think they were out of names. And they, they picked a guy whose fans, quite honestly, wanted him out of the city. The Louisville fans just wanted Satterfield gone. I don't like, I don't like guys in visors. He's a visor guy. I, I, again, that's just irrational thinking, but I don't like visor guy. I think Tuberville was a visor guy. Kirby I don't Smart's like Kirby Smart's a visor
1: guy. Huh? Kirby Smart's a visor guy.
3: Well, yeah, but they pay their players a lot, of, a lot more money, and they've done it for a long time. Um, so, <laughs> I, I think Satterfield will be okay. You have to give him, you have to give him time, right? These coaches, coaches in college football, they have to be given at least a couple years to figure it out. You got to see what they bring. Um, do I think he's going to be here in five years? No, I do not. I think he'll, I think he'll be out before then. But he'll, this he'll season, be a big job, huh? He'll be getting a big job. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 Scott Satterfield. Look. I have, I have faith in the Bearcats. Dante Corleone's very, very good on the, on the defensive side. I think the defense will, be, will still be pretty good. I don't know what Emery Jones has. I think he's going to be better than Ben Bryant. I think he's going to be better than now star wide receiver Evan Prater. So I think we're going to be okay. I think there, it's going to be competitive football games. I just don't think it's going to go our way most of this season. But to answer your question, six wins keeps the fans happy with Scott Satterfield.
4: You see to win the Big 12 championship game. Yeah, this will be good.
3: 100 to 1. Yeah. 100 to 1. That's certainly a wager you could make. It's <laughs> not one I would like to make, but it's certainly one that you could make. Uh maybe a 10 dollar bet on Betfred Sportsbook, the greatest sportsbook known to man. You could go do that. But I certainly wouldn't. When you G, when you when you G. Same people same people
1: did the same thing to the Cincinnati Reds. They wanted to sit here and laugh right. about all those long odds. I'm telling you right now, if you were if you were to have a little bit of a wager on the Cincinnati Reds to win the Central, uh, you probably could have cashed that bad boy out for some good money a little bit ago, and you probably still could cash that thing out for a little bit of money if we're being honest.
3: I think it's a little different. I think football is a, is vastly different, especially college football. It's so top heavy that it's not even like it's not even competitive once you get towards the middle bottom. So we'll see. Who wins more football games?
1: Uh, the guy that everybody, quite honestly, wanted UC to take in the, as their head coach, Dion Sanders, or Coach Prime? No disrespect. Uh, would Satterfield? Would Satterfield win more games than Prime this year? That's a, such a good
3: question. I think their number was four and a half. Yeah, but they're both was, probably right there. It was. Right? It was bet up to five and a half. Four. I. Th- I think he goes under. I think Colorado sucks. I think Coach Prime would have been a better hire. Absolutely, I just don't think there was a there was a chance uh, UC was ever going to make that call. I, I think I, I think Coach Prime and Satterfield win the same number of games, and that number is four. I think
4: what's funny about when we talk about Coach Prime and Dion, and, and there was a, a big debate when that the whole coaching search went on here and here in the office. <laughs> We act like UC like passed up on on Deion Sanders. I don't think Deion Sanders was ever coming to UC. Oh, yes, he
2: was. I don't I think, think he I don't. Was.
4: No, I don't think he would. I don't think he was. I don't think it
2: was ever a serious candidate. I'm I don't, sure I don't, he even said that he was he would have gone. Did he? I'm pretty sure. I don't sure. think
1: he said it out loud, but he he definitely had like uh, when he you know. I'm Coach waiting for Prime, a phone Coach, call. Yeah, Coach yeah. Prime. Coach Prime's kind of unique. He's a little. He's he he knows the social media game. He's he's well equipped. He's hip to that. I think that he had himself kind of, he like posted a picture of him in a red pinstripe uniform. Mm-hmm. He was playing the game. He was playing the game. Now, whether or not you, to your point, yeah, I don't like, think can, was can we be serious? honest? I don't, I don't, I, I, feel like we're
4: acting like UC, like, like passed up on on Coach Pratt. I don't think it was ever 100% a hundred percent had thing. to. Like, you think, think he was going to go thing.
1: to Colorado over UC. Like, if you, Colorado's if you, has
4: won a national championship in the past thirty years. Oh
1: please, they are the doormat though forever. UC's in a and, whole different and league you, than and Colorado. You,
4: and I'm just, I'm just saying that like we're talking about a, a, a team that has a lot more history, a team that probably has a lot more fans and a lot more money coming through the program. As opposed to UC, which has been a stepping stone, uh, unfortunately, through its whole career.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'd rather be a stepping stone of a program than a grave of a program. Colorado it's, hasn't it's had a football coach promoted in thirty
3: years. I mean, let's let's. I mean,
4: Colorado has infinitely more money too. Infinite more money.
3: And that's and by the way, that's the reason he went there. Let's right. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, like, UC I was never going to offer him a number that would have been feasible for Coach Prime. I don't, I don't, think, it, I don't Prime,
4: think, yeah. So. I just don't think it was ever, like, but he is a inher- real— he is
3: inheriting a dumpster. I mean, let's not—I mean, he's inheriting a dumpster. Colorado was one of the worst teams in college football uh, and has been for quite some time. So I don't think it's like he's getting this treasure of gold over there. He's just getting paid a lot more money than he would have at UC. And UC was never going to— UC was never, ever, ever going to hire him. I, I just don't think it would have worked with uh, With the AD. I, I, there, there was just no way. There was just no way.
1: Yeah. Uh, Casey, if you don't mind, try to find uh, try to find an image of Coach Prime's office. I, wanna, I want you to, to see if you can't find it. You probably could uh, Google it really quick. But for the program, I, I don't know if what I'm getting ready to show you exists in Clifton. And that's all due respect to Clifton. So Boulder, Colorado, Clifton, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it, you, you could make the argument that maybe there was a decision to be made there as well. I don't know, though. You know, some people like city life. Uh, Cincinnati's a great town, and there's things that are going on. Boulder, Colorado, n- not, not a ton, although you could say you can make a short trip to Denver and have everything you'd want in Cincinnati. That may be the case. Denver does also have a uh, a, a hockey team, although I don't uh, suspect that Coach Prime uh, do, does much NHL hockey watching. But
3: uh, Neither do I. So I'm, I'm with Coach Prime on that. I, I think I respect soccer more than I respect hockey, if I'm going to be completely really? honest. Football, as you would call it. Yeah. Uh, some would call it. I don't know who would call it that, but some would call it that.
4: Yeah, but I—, think I Ian Jabot calls it football?
3: Yeah, I, do, I know he does. I know he does. He eats crumpets, too. I, I think if you look at— like one of, the, one of the big arguments between Coach Prime and UC was— um, one of the big arguments was, was like the weather thing. Like, oh, he's going to go to Miami. He likes it warm. Like He picked Colorado. The Colorado winters aren't a great thing. I think objectively, I, Cincinnati, Cincinnati weather is not great. I, I drove this morning in what appeared to be a monsoon on the highway. It was one of the worst drives I've ever had. Uh, I did, what's, what's the thing where you slide on the road? What's the, give me a word. Hydroplane. That's plane. it. I did that on the road today. That was pretty scary. That wasn't fun. Um, but I think if you look at the weather between the two cities, they're pretty similar. Colorado, I'd, I'd argue, is worse. But I, I, it just wasn't going to work. It wasn't going to work at UC. I,
4: I, I just, we'll never know. We just literally will never know. But I just – I don't like the assertion that, like, Cincinnati passed up on Coach Prime. I, I just – I don't think that was the case. I don't think that was the case. I think if if they – if UC offered the exact same amount of money or – I don't know. If UC offered him a job and Colorado offered him a job, he'd take Colorado every time.
3: If it was for the same – if it was if it was for the same number, I think he would – I think he'd come to Cincinnati. Okay. I don't – But that, don't know. it could be wrong. We don't it, know. it just never happened, and it never will happen.
1: You know, Niport's an underrated stadium as well. Nice. I I, I was nice. I was looking up uh, Folsom Field is the t- is the name of the uh, field that Colorado plays at. It's nice. And it's beautiful. You know, I, I the uh, for some reason that uh, I don't know why they wouldn't have this, but uh, an easy quick Google search doesn't really result what I was looking for. There's a there's an overlook. You know, Coach Prime's office overlooks the field, but then beyond the field, there's kind of this this mountain um, uh, terrain, if you will, that that's obvious in Colorado. And it's and it's beautiful. But the oh, thing is is like I got I was, a video of it. Um all right, Casey, go. Ahead. Yeah, if you've not seen this, this is probably the partly the reason as to why uh Coach Prime decided to go to Colorado. If it wasn't the money, it might have just been this. <sighs> all right.
2: <let's>
1: just- <laughs> it's not at the beginning. My it's be right here. I like it. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to look out your office window, have that as your view, and decide that you're going to go to Clifton, with all due respect, of course. So, you know, we'll see what happens uh, with with, with Coach Prime. The cool thing about Coach Prime is this. Expectations will never be higher. If If he can even win, like, six or seven games this year, I think that he... I think he wins over the speculative student athletes that might not be sure whether or not they want to go and jump on that landslide because I'm assuming that he's going to win most recruiting battles if it's if it's a fair fight, like if it's head to head and it's a a kid that's this deciding to go to Alabama or or Georgia or Ohio State or uh, Michigan, all the big schools and Colorado is starting to look like they're going to win football games, and they might be competitive, and they could win a national championship, and you add in the fact of what Colorado can bring, especially financially, I think he turns a corner, and it turns into a powerhouse. I could also see the opposite happening, too. I could see where all the gimmick stuff that he does turns a little bit sour. You only win two games. The stuff that you're screaming and yelling about doesn't seem as as relative and important anymore, and you lose the, you lose the locker room, and the next thing you know uh for lack of a better term it's a you know what show out in boulder and the next thing you know uh it just turns it turns sour real fast you know who it kind of reminds me of it reminds me of like to a little bit uh terrell owens it could remind me a little bit like brandon phillips back in the day those antics maybe you can even say ocho cinco a little bit those antics play really well if you're winning the vibes are high it's perfect in fact, I would say that you could, not, you could not get higher vibes with the type of energy Prime brings with winning. The problem is, if there's just even a little bit of mediocrity, or even perhaps worse than mediocrity, bad football, then it, then it, turns, uh, then it turns really bad really fast. Uh, over under three and a half years, Coach Prime's the head coach of Colorado.
3: I'd take the under, but I'd take the under for health reasons. I think he's dealing with, like, a ton of health issues. I don't think, I don't think it's, he's going to be fired or he's going to leave because he's a bad coach. I think he's objectively a good football coach. I just don't think I, – I, I don't know. I think his time as a coach, I think he's going to retire to be with his family or something. I, I, don't think, I, I don't think he'll leave due to being forced out. I don't think that would happen.
4: Three and a half feels like a good line because, I mean, if he gets one 10-win season, he's out of there. Right, like he ain't staying there.
1: (laughs) It depends on your belief, though. You have a you have a good belief. It's a Sean Miller, it's a Sean Miller type belief, right? To where if you have it good in one place and they're paying you well, and you know that you've earned enough keep there to buy yourself a good plethora amount of time, and you think you can win a national championship at said place. Then you don't leave because you just like the comfortability of it. Mark Few, good example at Gonzaga, had an opportunity to leave probably multiple times. Decided, you know what? I like it here. It's cozy. It's comfortable. I'm not saying that's exactly what's gonna happen to Coach Prime, but it's a possibility. It's a possibility. I I don't think
4: Coach Prime is is that kind of a guy though. Like I don't I don't think he's that kind of a guy that's gonna stick around and, and say, like, I'm all right with, you know, winning nine Eight games here in Colorado, where everyone loves me because I'm because we're just competing every week. He's not that kind of guy. I mean, he he obviously wants to win a national championship. He's got that kind of an ego. But there is a lot of validity to to my take that co- some coaches. It's not always brighter on the the grass isn't always greener, right? I always say that about Xavier coaches, like Xavier coaches, typically similar to UC football. It's been a stepping stone to, to other big programs. Would you rather be at Xavier making a million dollars a year, making your sweet 16 every two, three years, and then maybe you get one historic run? Or would you rather go to Arizona, Louisville, where you, you can win a national championship, but the expectations are just so much higher and you can be out of a job in four years. Like what's better?
1: There. Are we to the point in college football, this is a great idea, a great debate, great topic, a conversation, I think, with college athletics, if I do so say myself. Are we to the point now with social media? If you're at a school in an institution that, that essentially, if you have the resources, just money, strictly money, that's it. If you're a good enough coach, you can turn that said program into a powerhouse. You can turn them into a, an organization, if you want to call it that, that has the ability to win. Gonzaga, great point. I mean, I, I think that's a great, I mean, I, you could say it's the outlier because it is the outlier. But if you can do it at Gonzaga, where can't you do it? I mean, there's, there's so many places that I would argue that if you have a good system in place and you're comfortable and you have the, 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 the resources behind you, you can go win it all. Colorado, in my opinion, of all the schools, they're, they're probably one of the few schools that I would argue has the resources and the money to do whatever it takes to win. Now, you could argue maybe it means more in the South. That's a little bit of a a joke on the just means more, but maybe you could say Georgia and Alabama, they're going to be a little bit more grimy. They might be able to spend some money in places they're not supposed to spend the money at in Colorado, maybe a little more, you know, white collar. They don't want to do anything wrong. Things are a little uppity up and they won't, they won't do those things that are needed to win a national championship. But I would argue at this very moment, Gone are the days of big programs in institutional power outside of just a couple brands. If you're not going to go be the head football coach at Georgia, Alabama, I could argue maybe Florida. There's a couple SECs. Ohio schools. State, but there's really only maybe eight schools. USC, but even USC, like I guess these schools have shown you too that just because you go there and you don't have a perfect plan or even a decent plan, you don't win there anyways. And in fact, not only do you not win, the expectations are so high, you're shoved out the door almost damn near immediately. I'd rather go to a place that has financial resources, maybe low expectations, a la Colorado, and buy yourself enough time to where you can actually win a national championship. You can win a national championship at Colorado because you play in the Big 12, which is a big enough league, and you can get into the playoffs, which is eventually going to probably, in my opinion, get to like 16 teams. I could be wrong on that. It would not shock me in the slightest if college bowl games start going away little by little, and in 10 years, and I know Prime isn't looking 10 years down the line, but maybe in five years, there's a 16-team playoff. Colorado could be in that thing every single year, has a good enough team. At that point, it's just about how good of a team you got, not not whether or not you're going to get the chance. Back in the day, when there was only two teams that got a chance to play for the national championship, by all stretch of the imagination, Being a blue blood program mattered. We see it every single year already with just four teams. But when we get to eight 16, I think that goes completely away.
3: Yeah, I I agree. I think college football is on a trajectory right now where you hate to call it the NFL junior, but it is, it's the NFL junior. I, and I, by the way, I, I, I agree with a lot of it. I, I think having only two teams, four teams be able to compete for national championships, ludicrous. I've said that openly in a debate with Jacob Tissett, um, but it's it's at this point you're going to have sixteen teams make it I don't know I don't know how far up to March Madness they can go. They obviously'd never touch sixty teams. That's preposterous. but if you go if you got to sixteen, I feel like that would be fair. It gives just about every team that plays college football Division one a chance at a national championship, which I still believe should still be a goal coming into a season. You should have at least a hope, a dream, as far of a dream or a hope as it could be even a glimmer at it. I think you should because right now you look at the Mac and again, I'm going to get into the debate a little bit. The Mac doesn't matter. Your games don't matter. And I know it matters for the pageantry of football. I know it it matters for scholarships. It matters for families. It matters for so many other things. But at the the end of the day, you try to win a national championship uh, and it just can't happen unless you're you're a big name school. So we'll see what happens. I I think if you look at a school like Colorado, a school like UC – in a in a power 5 conference I think they will be able to compete for a national championship not at the level of not at the level of Alabama where again trace alluded to it but these guys have, I mean these schools have been paying people for 50 years now I mean they've been paying them under the table they've been able to buy everyone whoever whoever anybody in the country Alabama and Georgia can buy them they can just buy them and that's how it's been and that's okay but as this as this landscape starts to change where now more teams are able to buy more players like it's then it becomes a little bit more even it balances the playing field
1: well I think it's more than just buying players I think that's a general statement and that's a fair statement I'm not suggesting that they haven't uh there's a lot of big programs that have been paying for paying players but at some point it just becomes an even playing field in that aspect because you know to a certain extent you can't turn it into the lottery sweepstakes of how much can you pay every single player I think it it, it ultimately always roots back to the culture it roots back to how hard guys work in in, in in given culture, whether or not you have a good program or you don't. Uh, head coaches are, 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 are – I'll tell you what. The, the NFL is ran by quarterbacks, college football, and college athletics, and as a whole, college basketball is ran by head coaches. It's ran by that. And if you have a good head coach, you have a chance to have a great program. If you have a great program, you have a chance to win. Mark uh, brings up in the chat something that I used to believe as well. I still think that it's got some merit, not as much as I used to believe, though, is this. Having 16 teams waters down college football. I, I used to believe the same thing because it's like, okay, I want the regular season to matter. If you lose a game, it's great to think that maybe your season's over. But at the same time, when you put that in the reverse aspect, the only reason you believe that, the only reason that you believe that is because you root for a team that is elite. Correct. That's the only reason. And the vast majority of college football is not is not elite so i think that it's more than fair to say that just the same as just the same as uh as a northern kentucky basketball program does northern kentucky enter the year thinking that they're going to win the national championship maybe they have a banner maybe they have a saying on the wall but we all know that that's not really realistic that's not the goal we all know that that what what exactly is it that is on the wall the probably the real goal of a program like that is to make the NCAA tournament. I think you could get to a point where you have enough teams in college football that make the postseason that that's a realistic goal for 80% of the programs every single year is that we want to make the college football playoff. And when you make the playoff, maybe anything can happen. Now, we all know that that's probably not the case, but you could make the same argument for the NFL. Right? I mean, we all sit here around the table and we're like, oh, can the, can the Vikings make the playoffs? Can the Giants make the playoffs? Yeah, maybe they can. But we all know that there's like four teams maybe that can actually win the Super Bowl. What? Every year, the NFL has two or three teams that ultimately end up winning the Super Bowl that we already predicted before the year started. Is that parity? Well, we all know that the parity exists certainly in the NFL far more than college for obvious reasons. But my main point to adding more teams in the playoff is we get rid of two things. One, Elliot's brought it up many times. We do need to get rid of this concept of, well, we think they're better because of their schedule or who they beat and, who, and how many points they won by. That should not be the metrics that we're using to decide who should get the right and earn the opportunity to play for a national championship. In fact, I would argue TCU, a team that was, yes, they got slaughtered in the national championship game, but they were they were one game away. Like it or not, they made it to the national championship. They were a fingernail away in the Big 12 championship game from never even getting a chance to play in the college football playoff. I would argue that's a huge flaw in the system. It's ridiculous. It's preposterous to think that that's the right way to go about rewarding a national champion. We all know the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Ohio States, I'm sure the Michigans would argue that they're there, and and USC maybe perhaps down the line. They're all going to say that, oh, it waters it down. It does this and that. Listen, the Iowas, the Penn States, the the Purdue's, right now you want to say maybe, maybe even like the Tennessees of the world, they deserve also an opportunity to think that if they went if they lose two games a year, that they still should have a right and deserve the opportunity to perhaps win a national championship. Especially when you factor in the fact that we don't even account for injuries when we do these things. Yeah, you could say if a guy gets hurt, it 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 takes away their their problems. But listen, if Iowa's starting quarterback, right? Let's just say his starting quarterback is a great player and they lose their first three games of the season and he was hurt the first four weeks and they don't lose a game for the rest of the year, they're they don't get a chance to play for the postseason. With a sixteen team playoff, you could say it waters it down all you want, but I'm telling you, the reason that you want parity in the in, in college football and the reason that you would like to watch college football more is because you want to see more good games. How do you get more good games? I think you expand the playoffs, in my opinion. You get more games. Yeah, that might be a blowout. Alabama might beat the Brakes off the 16th seed. Or, or Ohio State might beat the Brakes off the 16th seed. But I'd also say Ohio State struggled with Maryland last year. Ohio State got the Brakes beat off of them by Michigan last year. Michigan turned around. They lost to TCU. College football has a little more parity than we like to think we that it does. Uh, Georgia, right? They're a play or two away. They're one play away from losing to Missouri last year. Missouri's not a very good football team last year. There's chances of upsets. I think if you get a 16-team playoff, if you get a 16-team playoff, you will have more upsets than you think. You'll get a lot more great games than you think, and I know people are going to harken back and say, "Well, have you watched the college football playoffs the last six years? There's been blowouts almost every year in the in the semifinals." Well, that's because we have a we have a system where the very best team in the country is probably playing a team that you could argue maybe does or doesn't deserve to be in there because they're undefeated. I mean. The four seed is closer to the 12 seed than than the
4: four seed is to the one seed, right? Correct. So that that's why it's that way. Listen, it's it's everyone hates change, and that's all this is. That's all this is. Expanded playoffs is just change. So people are like, it's watering down, it's it's ruining the sport, all the stuff's ruining the sport. When was the last time that any league, any prominent league, had made serious changes to the playoff format, to the way that the game is played, and it's not worked out. It's, in our lifetime, pretty much never happened. Maybe you could argue when the NFL said that uh, you could review pass interference. That didn't work out, but they quickly removed it. Every other change that has happened in all sports has been for the better. And it always, like, it just will. I mean, there's a reason that, that these these people, they think about it a lot more than we do. They have a lot more at stake than we do because they got millions and billions of dollars at stake. It's better for the game. We're going to see more competitive games when they expand. We're going to see more teams compete for it. When It's just better.
1: It's just better. It will be better. Uh, Real Spirit Cat says, The fear of losing a single game causes big teams to play cupcake schedules, nut up, and play a tough team. Well, I don't know if you've noticed, Spirit Cat, but one great thing, if you look at schedules in years, in, in the years down the line, fbschedules.com I think is a good place to go for this. If you go to 2026, 2027, 2028, there are some big, big programs playing each other. Why is that? Because they know in the back of their mind they've gotten wind that the college football playoffs are going to expand, and these college football programs are wanting to play big time out of conference games earlier in the year to try to get a leg up if they win that game on said other conference. So it is actually helping. You're right. There's no doubt about it. Ohio State's, the the, the Georgias, the Alabamas, those three programs specifically have always scheduled pretty bad out-of-conference games because, well, in the SEC, they argue that they have an unbelievable conference and it's hard to even get through a whole entire SEC grind. Ohio State's in a position where, again, out of two games on the entire schedule, they have a chance of losing. Why take a chance? If you're rewarded at the end of the year for making the playoffs because you don't lose any games and that's the only metric that it matters, then what is the point? You'd be an idiot to go out and play big, hard, tough, uh, meaningful games if you don't get rewarded for it. And you don't get rewarded for it. In fact, I know you don't get rewarded for it. I've watched how many times do we hear uh, at the college football playoff where it's like, well, this team's undefeated, this other team lost, uh, they lost a game or they lost two games and they take nothing else outside of just sheer fact that one team's undefeated. So college football is gonna—it's going to get better. I think college football again starts this weekend. For those that don't know, we're in week zero, whatever the hell that means. Basically, what that means is is that they decided they were gonna try to—they were gonna try to trick the system. You know, they had a bunch of schools that decided, you know what? Let's play our game a week before everyone else. We'll get some prime time action. We'll we'll be, we'll be get some notoriety out of this. If you're playing in week zero, uh, outside of I guess maybe Notre Dame. USC is playing. It. Uh, USC is playing in week zero. Uh, I mean, what, what what what's the point? Why not just call it week one? Is I guess where I'm at. Why
3: why not just call it week one? Can we just call it week one? I'll call it week one with you. I mean, I don't get I don't get it either. But it's it's week zero. It's, it's college Week zero. Football. We it's don't college, love week zero. It's college. It's college football. It's back. It's a silly silly sport. It's back. I,
4: all these games will be blowouts, but it's back. Hey, the most exciting game this week's a twenty point spread.
3: There it's we a 20 go. 20 point spread. College football's the best. Notre Dame, dude, Notre Dame. I do you think they're ever gonna go to a conference, or is that just done now? Is that just done? They can just do whatever they want. The committee, the, it's Kirk Herbstreet, so you will say, Oh, Notre Dame, they're I Notre Dame. They say the
1: committee's Kirk it's, it's 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 never it, been on the committee.
3: Yeah, but he's he might as well be. He's a he's a talking head for him. So He'll be on the committee, and he'll just write them in. He'll just write Notre Dame in the top ten every single year without seeing a game. That's another issue I have with college football, but whatever. It's part of the sport. Um, But I think Notre Dame, if, if they were any type of intelligent, they'd join some sort of conference. I don't think they'll ever do it, which is crazy to me. I mean, it's absolutely crazy that Notre Dame is yet to join a conference.
1: They've done it in sports, other sports. They've just right. not done it yeah. in football. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think Stay it's just out, because baby. they've gotten away with it. They like the tradition of it. Notre Dame, listen. Got too many uh, rivals. There's something, there's something about, there's something about uh, these private schools and, oh. the, and, the, and themselves. They, oh. they, they see the prestige. These schools, they oh. think that that prestige is never worn off. Oh. And the truth is, is I got to be honest. Notre Dame is no different than Nebraska anymore. It's just not. Oh, no. It's a, it's oh. a has-been. Oh, come on. It's a has-been oh, program. Come on. It's a has-been program. And you know what? Maybe, maybe one day they'll be able to find a way to, to be competitive. But the way that the college football landscape is, the academics that exist at Notre Dame, the loopholes, and by loopholes I mean the red tape that exists at, at, at Notre Dame, it's going to be really, really, really difficult to win a national championship. Perhaps, maybe, nothing more telling than a guy that's been to the national championship game, that's been to the college football playoff with that school specifically, and he still decides to go take another job. I don't know. That might be the most damning thing I've ever seen.
4: I'm sorry that Notre Dame takes the amateur status of being a college football student more serious than other schools. I'm sorry that it's academics first at the university level. I'm sorry we're doing things the right way. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. You guys are making fun of a school for being too smart? You
1: guys are making fun of a school for being for for doing things better. No, it's fine. To just don't come in here acting like you're the host of, of college football. You're 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 the you're you're the big dog. You're not. Ru- you're not. Ru- you're Ru- not. Rudy you didn't know, happen. Notre Dame is so lost in in their relevancy in college football. It's beyond belief. <laughs> what are you it's talking about? It's beyond belief. Have you
3: seen Rudy? Rudy sucked. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Not only does Rudy the player suck, but the movie sucked oh, too. Oh no. Yeah, Rudy well, stinks.
4: Out, out. Can, can we talk about Rudy for a second? I don't know if you guys remember this scene in Rudy, but do you guys remember in Rudy when he goes off to college for a semester? He's got his fiance, right? He tells his fiance his, his best friend dies. He's like, "Hey, I got to go to school. I got to try and play football for Notre Dame." She's like, "That's kind of crazy, but whatever." So he goes off to, to school. Goes to school for a semester. He comes back at Christmas break. And what has happened at his home? No one has told him. His brother is dating his fiance? Do you guys remember that scene? What was that? <laughs> what was he just comes home and his his fiance is now dating his brother and like no one in the family like called up Rudy, old little Rudy Rudiger was like, Hey buddy, um, you know, you know, you know Tony? Yeah, he's dating your fiance now, so
3: you might want to stay at school. Like, what was that scene? That was ridiculous. But Rudy's the best football movie ever. Not the only Notre Dame player to have a scandal with his girlfriend. Not the only one. Good point. Manti. She, well, we, oh we, yeah. She, she, she thanks for thanks for explaining. That. Yeah. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for letting us. Know,
1: thanks for letting us know who you were talking about, Elliot. I really appreciate you shining some light on who that was. She wasn't real. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know that. And shout-out Manti, uh, Manti, Manti. Manti? Manti? Manti. Manti. That's a sad— that, that's uh, Listen, totally Manti, sad. if you've not watched that documentary, I actually think that is a relatively sad situation. you got people that are just preying on people that, that, uh, that have a big heart, good heart. Uh, shout-out Manti. That's the last, the last thing I'm going to say about Notre Dame today. And you know what? Notre Dame probably doesn't deserve this heat uh, on this lovely Thursday morning. Uh, I almost said evening just to try to keep the bit alive, but I just messed up this, this, this this morning. (laughs) I just messed up. (laughs) It's one of those things where you just, you make a mistake. You say you made a mistake, you move on and that's the way it goes. Uh, that's what I'm doing. It is not Thursday evening. It was Thursday morning when I said evening (laughs) and you know what? It threw me through a little bit of a wrinkle. That's what happens when you're like four hours of sleep going strong. All right. Um, Netflix uh, has some more documentaries. I know that we decided we were gonna watch some shows around here. I don't even know if you guys watched them. My guess is they probably didn't. Uh, my guess is they didn't. So I'm gonna give them another day to do it before I call them out on the red carpet. Uh, but here's the thing, I'm a little concerned about Netflix documentaries. If we're being completely honest, I'm a little worried about it. I'm a little worried about it. I feel like we're going down a, a slippery slope here. A uh, slippery slope. I think like the term I'm looking for. And I think we're in a position now where this starts to feel starting to feel a little more PR driven. Than actual documentary driven. I don't know the Florida know. one. The Florida I don't one. know. Florida one bad. The Florida one seems a little. I know I'm not. I know this is a Georgia fan, but I'm just saying it seems a little slippery for my for my liking. We got, we got a lot of missing pieces in this documentary that we didn't even bring up. Also, shout out to Chris Lee. Chris Leak, Chris Leak, really good player. I don't know why we don't act like Chris Leak's not a good player. Chris Leak, great player. Uh, but beside the point. Uh, not. It wasn't just him. The 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 the, uh, the other. Situation with Johnny Manziel again. Not saying it was a horrible deal, but it just like I I don't I don't understand the concept that we're doing here. what's, yeah, what's the, the story? Point? What's, the what's the story? Point? Are, we just, what's, are we just are we just trying to tell? Message? Are we just trying to make it seem like Johnny Manziel's like a little bit better of a guy than maybe some might believe? I don't know though, to be honest with you. Shout out Johnny Manziel. He lives his own life. He can do whatever he wants. But he also kind of like just uh, floundered a huge opportunity in his life. We want to do we, we want to try to make it look a little bit better by saying all these things were really difficult and tough. I don't know. I'm just saying that there's other guys that grind. They grind themselves through college. They find a way to get to the league. They make the most out of every single opportunity. And I'm supposed to feel sorry for a guy because he likes to go out and party. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm too hard on a guy. Maybe I'm too hard. But these documentaries, they're not, be, they're not very good right now. If I was Netflix, I'd be a little embarrassed.
3: What about the Netflix. one? They're, make, they're making one with the, uh, about the high school team that scammed ESPN. Oh, yeah, what, yeah. What's yeah. that school? Uh, Bishop oh, Sycamore? Bishop Sycamore. Bishop Sycamore. So the story there is it's a high school team that scammed their way into playing one of the best teams in, in, in high school football. It's a nationally televised game. Turns out the school was fake. The grades were fake. The players were players like twenty five. Players, yeah, players are college at or college college age, and they lost by a billion points. (laughs) It was it was a borderline. I mean, it was a borderline health concern when these guys were just getting boat raced on the field in a nationally televised game. That documentary actually looks good. I think that's HBO though. That that one might yeah, if if it's
4: a good document. Listen, I think HBO Max is the best best streaming service. I I, that's all you need to be honest with you. No free ads, but yeah, yeah. But uh, you know what's funny about Johnny Manziel? is is the greatest tweet of all time. I don't know if you guys know the, what tweet I'm talking about, but I have it up in front of me. He said on January nineteenth, two 2017, this is right after he, all the, sh- all the stuff went down and everything like that. Good you job, good show. I
1: like, I like what you did there.
4: Uh, he said, no <laughs> lie, I was a douche in 2016. I'm just trying to be a good person again. Hashtag lost in the sauce. Great tweet, Johnny. Tweet. That's a great tweet. If you're the starting quarterback of a franchise, hashtag Lost in the start. That's
3: cells. a great tweet. I mean, I, I listen. I think Johnny Manziel could have been great in the NFL. I still believe it. Oh my god! It just didn't work. No, it just didn't, no. Work. Oh it just didn't work.
1: No. Yeah, yeah. No. He could.
3: He, he could have been good. Come on.
1: No, he couldn't have been good. Well, he, Johnny he Manziel could not have been good, have been good in the, the NFL. Here's happens. the thing about Johnny Manziel. If you look at his measurables, this is where Casey McAllister comes into play. The Raz score makes a difference. Uh, everybody wants to compare Johnny Manziel to being this unbelievable athlete. You know what? He played on instincts, and I give him credit. That definitely, that definitely, uh, it, it worked in college. I don't think that that same style play works at at, at the NFL level. Um, it just, I've not seen anyone have success with it. And on top of that, from a raw score standpoint, from an athleticism scare uh, standpoint, this guy isn't like Kyler Murray. You know, he, he's literally is is. It, the forty time, everything else, Kyler Murray. That's beside the point. We're not going to turn this into a show. We have some buy or sell stuff. I think that's going to. Yeah. Uh, we we have yeah, some we, buy or sell we, stuff. Yeah, let's yeah. do a buy or sell segment here with uh, with the gang. Uh, we'll have to collude Casey on this because we need Casey a little more active in this show over there. Um, I don't know. You know, he's he's been doing a good job, but I, I haven't seen him in the last hour. He could be sleeping over there. He might not, so let's get him involved. Uh Reed, what do you got?
4: Yeah, we got buy or sell. We we were thinking about seeing um a theme for this. We're like, do we want to go talk about the Bengals? Do we want to talk about the Reds? I said, let's talk about the city of Cincinnati. So I'm gonna give you some topics about the, the sports, the city itself, and uh this is buy or sell Cincinnati themed. All this. right. Starting off number one, we'll keep it with the Reds. Ellie De La Cruz is a red for the next decade. Will he sign an extension past his six years? Buying or selling,
1: Elliot? I'm gonna buy. Buy, buy, buy. He's gonna be here for a while. Mm, Trace, I'm gonna sell. I'm selling that. I sell, sell, sell. oh. Three hundred. He's probably gonna be like a. I just think I think he's one of those guys where, again, it sounds crazy to say, uh, I'm gonna enjoy Ellie De La Cruz to the fullest, to the absolute fullest, as much as you could possibly. It's he's gonna be like a rental car a little bit for me. I a, a nice, nice souped up sports car rental car. Yeah. I'm gonna drive the absolute living hell out of that thing. I'm gonna love it, but I'm gonna be honest. As soon as it gets close to time to paying for that thing. I don't think the Reds have any chance in the world if it's even remotely somewhat successful. I think I'm selling that. And I think that's the wise move for the Reds, too. I don't want to get into that today. I don't want to be pessimistic and talk about guys leaving when they just started playing for the Reds. But I think it'd be wise for the Cincinnati Reds to continue down the path that is not signing guys to huge extensions.
4: Casey, are you buying or selling that? Ellie Day Cruz <sighs> is going to be here for the decade.
2: You know, I, I hope for all the Reds fans' mental health that he is here long-term. So, to buy. I'm going to buy that.
4: Yeah, I think I'm selling. I think I think you get six years with a player. You get six years with a player, and, and by the time, I don't know what the going rate's going to be for a star shortstop in six years, but it's currently like $300 million
3: right now. Yeah. But so, I'll, I'll say this. In your scenario where you're not going to pay him at the end of six years, he won't be here for that six years because if you're not willing to sign him, you're going to trade him.
1: The very so, le- well, You could trade him year, very like Shohei Ohtani. Yeah. You could. You it's, could. Uh,
3: it's five, you get five and a
4: half years. How about that? Yeah, how about okay, that? Okay, all right, then that's fair.
1: All right.
4: All right, we'll move on down, and we'll, we'll keep
1: it. Shout going. out Nick Kirby, too, by the way. He wanted to He, – I'm not even kidding this. Off air, I, maybe I'm throwing Kirby under the bus by saying this. Off air, I asked him who he who, who's anyone that he would be willing to extend. This dude was saying he would extend L.A. Dela Cruz while I was in AAA. Just try to get him before he even <laughs> becomes big. And you know what? That might be, like, the biggest big brain move of all time. It Could you imagine how Phil C. and Bob C. would be looked at, though, if, if my man came up and hit, like, a buck 90, and he was sitting on, like, some big contract? um super <laughs> chat shy town real estate love the show and love you too shy town what a nice guy we love you shy town i'm assuming that's
3: chicago he's in chicago yeah he's right. in chicago
1: is yeah. it uh shy town are you are you uh are you uh cincinnati fan or are you like a chicago fan which is fine either way i love chicago i gotta be honest with you i genuinely do love chicago i just can't stay in the cups same go ahead read love you guys
4: um let's go on to the other the other team here in town and they're big names, and if they're going to extend these guys, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase get an extension with the Cincinnati Bengals. Elliot, you buying or selling?
3: We're going to sell. We're, We're going to sell, sell, sell. sell. Uh, I just don't think it's. I don't think it's feasible. Joe Burrow is going to get close to three hundred million dollars. It just doesn't make sense to sign T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase will be resigned. Absolutely, T. Higgins will not. I think you can survive. I think Casey made this point either this week or last week. You can survive with having one superstar receiver and loading up with guys that you know aren't great but are certainly serviceable. The uh, Muhammad Sanus of the world can can fill that void. So I'm going to sell it. Trace,
1: this is where I'm a little not not enough knowledgeable in the NFL. How long do you get to keep those guys until they're gone? How long do you have Jamar Chase until he's gone?
4: It is well, it's T for
1: another year, right, Casey? So So this this year and another. To be clear. T is this year and next year. No. Oh, uh, just, just this year. Just okay, this year. so T's just this year. What do I have left with Jamar? Two. Two. two years, so this year and next year. Yeah. But you get
2: you get a franchise tag, so you could theoretically.
1: For two years. Okay. Um, I think um I I think I I think I would. I think that I think they're that good. I really do. I, I I think T Higgins and Jamar Chase are that good. They're, they're, I would I 9 times out of 10 I I take Elliott answer. I really would. I think that I think you could go find some receivers that are adequate enough, but those two guys are the elites of the elite. Now, I've been saying this at this desk until I'm blue in the face. Elite of the elite is 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 just as big of a separator as as good players to bad players. Everybody wants to talk about like how terrible Drew Sample is and how great X tight end is right um that's still that's that's in my opinion that's just as big of a difference between tyler eifert or or travis kelsey now i know i'm using a little bit of an extreme there but that's my point you could have a good tight end in the nfl but if you have travis kelsey that's a whole that's a whole other animal having jamar chase and t higgins is a whole other animal It's a whole other animal. Those two guys are one receivers. T. Higgins, the most slept-on receiver in the league just because he plays behind Jamar Chase. T. Higgins played for almost any other team T. Higgins is talked about as one of the best receivers in the NFL, bar none. His name never gets brought up because he, again, plays behind somebody Mm -hmm. that's more famous, Jamar Mm -hmm. Chase. But I... I mean, it all comes down to like obviously cap space things of that nature, what they want, how big of a deal are they going to take? Yada yada yada. Is Joe Burrow going to going to cut them a little bit of slack to keep them around? That's what obviously every Bengals fan's hoping. I would extend those guys unless it was absolutely ridiculous of what they were asking for. Yes, I would. Casey. Yeah. You, th- you
2: think they're I, both long term? My gut says no. Um, I sure hope they can get a deal done. But man, I they don't have to get the thing is what's crazy is they don't really have to get a deal done like i just mentioned earlier they could give t the franchise tag and at least keep jamar and t together for 2 years right uh, for the next 2 years and then after that you both you have both of their contracts up and then you can kind of pick and choose where you want to go and i think ultimately they're going to choose jamar uh, he's the better prospect but you just T, – T is a number one. I think everyone knows that. Is T he's he that get... far
1: behind Jamar in your opinion? Do you, do you really think he is? Because I don't no, think no, – I think T is like no, right I think,
2: there. I don't think he's that far behind, but I think the rest of the league knows that. Like, they're going to give him top money when he gets on the market. He's going to get number one money. And I think the only reason why I know that is because he's not been signed yet. And I think that kind of proves it, right? I mean – We've gone through literally everyone else on the roster. They've got an extension here, uh, re-signed Logan Wilson. T-
4: T's, T's holding up the whole process with everyone, isn't he?
2: Like, it, it yeah. just that's what it feels like.
4: He's holding up the Joe Burrow contract. He's holding up a Jamar Chase extension. Really? I, yeah, that's that's why that's why I believe that all these things haven't haven't gone is because they want to see what happens with T. I think I think the Bengals are actively trying to figure out a way to get Jamar Chase to get T Higgins long term. But I don't know if it's like it, – if T gets what he's owed, what he deserves, then
1: I don't think it's,
4: it's feasible. I don't right. think it's feasible. Isn't
1: Joe Burrow, though, the prerequisite to both those guys in a way? I feel, like, I feel like he's the first domino that has to fall. It's like until you know how much you have to pay him to get him under contract, then you, then you can figure out what you have left. It feels like Joe Burrow, since he's the biggest, the biggest contract, and maybe, maybe I can be convinced that I'm wrong with that. It just seems like he would be number one, and then right after that, you got the other two guys.
4: Yeah, it it just it to me it feels like Joe is is waiting on T first. I, th- I feel like the T Higgins stuff because it's the most important, not the most important, but it's the most time time pressurized um, extension because you know his contract's up. I mean, you can give him you can give him the franchise, um, tag, franchise tag for another. Yeah, year, I mean, you
1: could have T for three more years. Which 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 to, here's the here's the here's the sad and and uh, what's the right term to use? Uh, there's a term that I like to use, but it's a kids show. Uh, this is the the terrible part about really the NFL in general the way the Patriots treated players the way the Patriots kind of went about their business is probably the way that a, a really good well-run organization would but at the same time it's hard to it's hard to create like fan excitement and, and and again I guess winning cures all I get that but it just stinks that like from from the standpoint that you could just franchise tag T Higgins for what? two more years after this one and then just let him go and you'd probably be somewhat okay cuz 3 years from now T Higgins probably isn't the T Higgins we're talking about right now right. especially at a wide receiver position. You don't want to again, I guess with contracts not being guaranteed in the NFL, that's the reason that you can kind of get away with doing some of this stuff. But I don't know, man. Investing... Hey, I don't know if T
4: I don't know if T plays under franchise tags. That's the other that's the other thing. Are we going to get Plus.
1: to where guaranteed contracts in the NFL become a norm or no? That's just not going to happen.
4: If, Depends if on the position. Well, if they're uh... If the 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 players' union is is worth a darn, they'd get it to that point, but because it's better for the players, right? I mean, that yeah, just seems
1: crazy. You could have an unbelievable career and get a five-year contract, and then you get you get you get nicked up or banged up, and the next yeah. thing I was like, ah, we're just gonna cut you. Yeah. To answer but, this question, about
4: a month ago, I would have said that I would absolutely buy that both these guys are gonna get extended. I don't. It seems bleak at this point, so I'm gonna yeah. sell. I don't think both yeah, are gonna I, get extended.
2: I think the other thing too, just really quickly they have an opportunity at the end of the season too, before they actually hit open market, there's a time period where the team can negotiate terms and then they'll know for sure who they've got on and off their books, like DJ reader, Tyler Boyd. They're also in their contract years. Maybe that's what they're waiting for. That, that yeah. there is that hope too, but sure. it looks sure. very slim. Like you said, Reed.
4: Sure. Yeah. All right. Let's yeah. move it on down. This one is a uh, kind of sports related, but uh, it's more Cincinnati-related. Heritage Bank Center gets replaced in the next
3: decade. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about the name, or are you talking about the building? New uh-huh. center, new building. I think, no, it does not. So I'm going to sell it, uh, but it should be. Somebody should take a wrecking ball to that place. It's an absolute dumpster fire. It's, if you walk in that place, like there's a chance you walk away sick. Because I don't know what's going on in the air there. They sell RC Cola as the main cola in there. It's just Good disgusting. Cola. No, the we, fact, well, I won't the fact, take any Royal Crown Cola slander. That, no the slander. Fa- the fact that Cincinnati, which is objectively one of the best basketball uh, cities in the country, one of the best city, I, one of the best cities in the country in general, it can't host big events. It can't host March Madness games. I mean, it's just a joke. It's just an absolute disgrace. That place sucks. Whoever's responsible for running it sucks. I take a wrecking ball to it tomorrow, but they won't because that's just how they are. So no, they will not sell Tracy.
1: I'm we're... buying. Yeah. I'm buying. Yes. Little yeah, positivity. I'm buying. Uh, 10 years is a long time. Okay. 10 years is a long time. In fact, if I would say, what did the, what did the banks look like? 10 years ago. Right. Right. I mean, I I, I think, I think that you can do a lot in 10 years. I would be absolutely shocked if this city does not have a nice arena in 10 years. In fact, if they don't have a, a nice arena in 10 years, it'd be a colossal failure. I know that there's been some people that have some big, 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 big money in this city that won an NBA team here, whether or not they can ever make that happen. I don't know, but there are people behind the scenes that have been working hard on getting an NBA team here for a long time. I think an NBA team would work here. I really do. Um, but again, for them to get an NBA team, they would require them to get a new arena, which maybe that's the first step in the process. Um, I think in 10 years, again, 10 years, is a long, 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 long time, um, could be a new arena. Would it be wild? And again, this is where you dream a little bit. I'm not, I'm, I'm being a little, uh, facetious in saying this. Would it be wild that if, uh, if that arena had a uh, chatterbox name attached to it in some capacity, it could be possible. Could be possible. Let's do it. Probably not probable, Let's but possible.
3: What do you think that bid would cost?
1: Uh, a, a, a lot of money.
3: 10 mil? Over under 10 mil?
1: All over that.
3: 100- we, could the, we could put the Silverado to work. We could, we could yeah. build a new thing. Starts
4: with starts with the work truck.
1: <laughs> I, I definitely think that they do, though. To keep it serious, I, I definitely think that they uh, they have a new arena within 10 years. I hope it comes before that because I'm telling you right now, there's nothing better than having big events in your city. I know people want to complain about it, this, that, and the other. All oh, the traffic, this, that, and that. Well... Listen traffic is a part of the big city if you don't have traffic then you got a huge problem you'd much rather have traffic in your city than have no traffic in nothing but boarded up windows so I'm all for a new a new arena or a new center whatever they want to call themselves down there shout out Heritage Bank no free ads but I guess if you buy that dumpster fire of a place you deserve <laughs> you deserve a little bit of, of, of press every so often Casey is there a new arena or not in 10 years oh.
2: Mic off. Sorry about that. Um, yes, I, I, I do think it happens. This is a bare bare minimum ten years, though. It's not happening anytime sooner
1: than that. Yep, I think. Jolly he, jolly in the chat, coming in hot, saying he thinks that the arena will be built across the river.
4: I think that's that seems likely. I Could, mean, the only the only other place that it would be is literally right where it's at. You yeah, I would love it for it to build. stay right where it's at. Yeah, it's that's a great a location. a perfect spot. Yeah. In that and to be honest, that's probably what what has um, pushed back building a new arena because it is such a great location that they're just like, ah, it's right there though. Right? It, yeah. it's, it's similar to when, when you got a house and something just kind of works. You're like, yeah, I could fix this, but it's working right now. So, so why, why fix what it isn't broken? I think we get a new one though, and I think it does go across the river in the next 10 years. So I'm buying there. Let's, let's breeze through a couple more of these. Um, a couple college ones. A couple college ones. Love it.
3: UC wins the Big 12 in football in the next five years. Mm. So... Sell, sell, sell. I'm a UC fan, but sell it all the way. Sell everything you got. Put your house on it. Put, you know what? Every dollar that you've ever made in your entire life. You go to the bank right now and you bet against that. Mm. Sell it. Mm. College football is just not going to happen in the Big 12 for UC. I respect. I respect the effort. I love UC football. It's just a different class. It's just a different. It's just a different element. I mean, it's not even the same league. UC football compared to. Oklahoma, whoever else is left before they join the Super Conference of the SEC or Big Ten, whatever happens in five years. But as of right now, I'd say sell.
4: Do you think that they win in football or basketball? basketball? They could.
3: They could win in basketball.
4: I think it's. I think it's way more likely that they win in football than basketball. Oh no no oh, no! I, I, Kansas has won that league 20, twenty
3: straight years. Yeah, I mean they have, but they haven't. They haven't <laughs> played U C yet. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played U C yet. I listen. I listen. I, I think football is just. It's going to be significantly more difficult. Uh, I I I don't I don't know how we would even be in a position to win the win, win football. I think I, in, I, I just don't get
4: it. Uh, yeah, I think in football it's it's way more likely. I'm I'm buying this because I think that conference is going to be not very great in a couple of years. Like this UC, is nothing UC, against
1: UC basketball. UC will be,
4: be the most prominent, uh, maybe besides TCU, will be the most prominent football school over the past five years in that conference at next year when, when Texas and, and Oklahoma leave.
1: UC's. I, I, I would venture to say right? that the chances of Oak, uh, Oklahoma – when Oklahoma and Texas leave, I think the chances of UC winning the Big 12 are just as likely as UC basketball winning the Big 12. I do. And it's not because UC basketball isn't going to be much better – in in proportion to the football team it's just the the cut level of competition it's not just kansas i mean yes kansas has won that league like you said 20 basically 20 straight years honestly but in general but but but, but you can make the argument that there's three or four other teams in that league that can win it every single year too it's not just kansas that would be that would be the outlier that i know people would say like well maybe kansas will have a bad year well if kansas has a bad year iowa state eventually is going to be pretty damn good TCU right now is a very good program. Look, West Virginia is going to probably be pretty decent at some point. I haven't even brought up Oklahoma State. Like there, there are Texas Tech. Yeah, oh, yeah Texas Tech. Yeah, yeah. All the world. these teams are
4: that's, that's what's Baylor. Crazy. Of Bob Huggins in West Virginia have they've been successful? They've been a pretty good basketball program. They haven't sniffed that league title. Haven't sniffed it. Haven't come close.
1: Uh, I'm gonna sell though. If you're asking me the question straight up, is UC gonna win the Big 12 in football in five years? I think they have a chance. I don't think it's like uh, sell everything. Uh, don't 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 do what uh, what Elliot just did. Because if it. you have listen, because if you have a gambling problem, please call one eight hundred Gambler. Must be twenty one. Must be twenty one. Must be twenty one in the state of Ohio. Shout out Bedford Sportsbook. But if 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 you're going to put everything that you own on UC not winning the Big 12 in five years, I think you'd be a little bit nervous a couple years. I think they have a chance to make a run for it. Whether that they, they actually you know get over that hurdle, I don't know. But they definitely have a chance, especially when Oklahoma and Texas leave. I get Texas has been down for, for quite some time. Oklahoma has been down for the last, I guess, couple years to a certain extent. Um, there's just no one else in that league that scares me, though, for being right. completely honest. Right. I mean, there's just – I don't know. Anyway, Casey. Ooh, um,
2: I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. It, a lot can happen in five years, right? Um, especially we don't even know what the big 12 will look like in five years, right? I mean, there could be even true. more realignment. Um, it could be bigger. Well, maybe that's a reason why I should be selling it. It could it could get a lot bigger here in the next couple of years. Yeah, that's why I'm
1: um, selling. It. Well, TCU could go somewhere else. There could be nobody left. You might mm-hmm. be playing like BYU for the Big Twelve championship. Literally might be the American. The American again. Could be the American again. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if it's
3: the American again, then sure. But I think what's going to happen is going to be the SEC, the Big Twelve, and the Big Ten as your three power conferences, and the teams will be divided. And I think there will be more teams, some more good teams, that enter the Big Twelve in the next coming that's fair.
1: years. Fair. So yeah. you're still going to buy though, Casey.
3: Yeah, I don't, think, don't don't let's talk his
0: office. I, I want
1: you to say it with confidence if you're gonna yes, say it at all. I,
3: I think I think
2: that they can they can win one in five years, but it's gonna be like soccer or something. It's not gonna be football or basketball. It's gonna be some other championship.
1: Sorry guys, no, I'm selling now. Selling. Josh with the Covington Coliseum.
4: I like that. I want, I want Gardens. I, I like I like when things are called the Garden. Like I, like we had Cincinnati Garden for a while. It was,
1: it was- the Shatterbox Coliseum. CC. It's All good. right. What's that? You got one more left Two for us? Two more. Two more. Two more. Well, we Two started more. We're going overtime on what a day there? that I didn't know what the hell we were going to talk about when we started the show. We started
4: late. We started late. So we can go over. Four minutes late. Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, here's fun. Xavier makes a final four in the next decade.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: what are we talking
3: about? Go ahead, Elliot. Sell. Sell. <laughs> Sell, sell, sell. Sell and sell. Whatever I said to do with the other bet, do it with this bet. You sell it as fast as you can. You sell it as hard as you can. This is – shout out my boy Mouse Cop in the chat. I'm not even going to look at the chat. Shout out Mouse Cop. Xavier will never, ever, 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 under any circumstance, if God himself came down to earth and he tried to put Xavier in a national championship game, he couldn't do it. They will never make the Final Four, ever. Sean Miller will leave in two years. Oh, this is Sean Miller's last stop. Bye, 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 bye. I'm buying it. They're getting there.
4: We're making the mountaintop. The mountaintop uh, is a championship. It's the final four. Semi finals.
1: Yeah, no, the final four, the final four, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly, certainly doable. Um, but for an organization that's not done that ever, ever is a long way. Ever is a strong word. Some say ever is forever. Um,
3: <laughs> Football.
1: I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with sell. Hmm. I'm gonna go with sell. I don't think they I don't think they do it.
4: Casey, come on, we're two to one. Need you on my side. It's hard to do.
2: Uh, Xavier makes a final four, and how long? Ten years. We'll give it ten years. Ooh, ten years. Sure, ten years. I think I can. Yeah, do ten yeah. Years.
4: Let's go. Bye. That's all I need. I don't even need them to win this. Even actually do it. I just need two people in the room to say that they will.
3: So the first Xavier basketball game was played in 1920. The year is 2023, and they have zero. I'll
2: <sighs> we'll get there. In 10 years. <laughs> I mean, I
3: listen. I li- I know Reed loves like 100 year droughts, but I think at some point it just you're not very good. And I, <laughs> respectfully, they just haven't been very good, and they're not going to be very good. I think they'll make. The, I shout out shout out Mouse Cop again. I think listen. I think you make the Sweet 16 five times the next 10 years, not Final Four. How many sweet 16s has UC made in your lifetime? I don't know. I they made one. So I make calm, one. I they think made I calm won. down, guy. But I I listen, I'm not saying anything about UC right now. I'm talking about Xavier. Let's not let's not act like Xavier is some tournament darling. They haven't made it to the final four in 120 years. All right. Next, final one.
4: Final one. Fun one. Reds or Bengals win a championship in the next 5 years? Bye. Bye. Got to buy it. Come on, Elliot. Buy. You got it in it. Bye. Bye. One of those teams will win a championship in the next five years, guys, so I'm buying. Nice. One of them will.
3: They'll oh, I it. love They'll the way that too. just went. <laughs>
1: Clip that up. One of them will. Clip that up. Clip that read statement up right there. You've seen it. Also, I'm pretty sure it's called a National League Championship Series, by the way, just so we're on the same page. I'm assuming oh you mean the World God. Series. I assume you mean the World Series, oh, but, but so it is s- called the National League Championship yes. Series. Yeah, I mean, we're <laughs> not, I mean, not going to say it it Bengals is called want the, the uh, AFC it Championship It is called the game. AFC Championship game. Oh, the AFC Championship game isn't as cool, isn't as important anymore? Is that what we're doing right now? No, I'm, I'm saying that's not the championship. Okay, all right. So, so I'm still going to buy. Still going to buy. Uh, I would make the argument that if it's not the next five years for Cincinnati, when the hell is it ever going to be? When the hell is it ever going to be? I they got the two. They got. They got. They got one up-and-coming franchise that you could argue has the best young core in all of Major League Baseball, and you have another team that arguably is the Super Bowl favorite, not only this year but probably going into next year as well, as long as everything stays healthy. That's the only caveat to that. But at the end of the day, if you're not buying this now, then you're never going to buy it ever, ever.
3: It's true. No, it's true. I didn't want to buy it just because I don't want to have my stink on it and jinx it and kill these franchises. Uh, but I, I do think realistically the Reds have a shot at a championship in two years here. I think next year they're going to be competing for a, for an NLCS. I think the Cincinnati Bengals this season could win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I think I, I, think the Bengals next year could win the Super Bowl. So, it, it, and Like Trey said, if it's not going to happen now, it's not going to happen ever. This is quite literally the best time to be a Cincinnati sports fan in the past 30 years. So, I'm. I'm. I'd buy it. I'd. I'd realistically buy it. But for um, for the show, I'm going to sell it just so I don't jinx it.
1: What do you think the uh, Betfred Sportsbook odds would be on that? It feels like you should definitely get plus money in a situation like that because you have to. You have to win a championship. But we're talking about two franchises that you could argue are going to be pretty good. You right. get five years to do it. That's a That that adds a little bit of right. layer to it. Right. My guess is. Um, my guess is, like, plus two, 280, 290. Oh, it would be
3: more than that. It would be more than that. It wouldn't be, like, plus 1,000. It would probably be, like, plus 700. Plus, uh, I, it'd, it, probably, still, it'd probably
4: be, like, plus 300, I think. I think well, it'd be, like, 300. Because the
3: Bengals, the Bengals,
4: I mean, that's five chances. The Bengals are Super Bowl contenders right now. Well, the what Reds, are the Bengals' the chances
1: are, to win the Super Bowl this year? Plus, plus 600? Thousand. Yeah, plus 1,000. Plus 1,000, Elliot. I mean, that's a plus 1,000 a just to 20, win this year. You 20, get five year. years? It's that, that's coming down to at least plus 500.
4: All right. Listen, the Bengals are already Super Bowl contenders. Like, they are already there. They can do it this year. They can do it next year. The the Reds are – you know, they're going to be pushing the playoffs for a while. They've got some pieces to get before they're real, real World Series contenders. But five years seems – I I think it's closer to even money
1: than we even than we are
4: even giving it credit. It's probably like plus one fifty or something like that.
1: Yeah, it might be. That's why we're not sportsbook odds makers. But I know one thing: this weekend you can bet on college football again. And I'm going to tell you something right now. If there's if 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 you don't like watching this show, I understand. I get it. If you like making money, though, I can promise you this: there's a good chance. There's a good chance. And again, when Tom comes back, by all means, he's going to sit at this desk, and uh, we'll we'll figure something else out in regards to the way this looks. I got to be honest. I'm regretting uh, maybe hosting this show uh, this week because of the way that the Reds are on the West Coast and I'm literally like killing my body at this moment because I don't know how the hell I'm doing this, but I am. Um, uh, So shout out to my brain. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I do know this. It might not happen this year because I do believe it jinxes. I don't want to jinx it. That's right. But but we do know how to bet on college football. Mm. And I can promise you that you will win money. I know that you're not supposed to say that. It's probably a, an asterisk on there. There's probably some little language I'm supposed to use now if you have a gambling problem you called 100 one Gambler. 21 spoke, plus in Ohio. He
3: put quotes on it. He put quotes on it. I put quotes on
1: it. Quotes on it. You're, you, you might win money. I, maybe that's like false advertising. We'll get sued because I said that you're guaranteed to win money. That's probably not, not the thing to say. But here's the thing. I uh, I, 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 I personally uh, have been uh, in the green for three straight years, and it's all because of one thing. It's, a, it's called a system. Analytics. Analytics. That's what we're doing around yeah. here. We're doing analytics, yeah. guys. We're, we're back to analytics. Guys. We're analytics, guys. And we're deep in the lab, cooking up greatness.
4: <laughs> That's why all these other rappers hating us. We got a white girl with no legs. She only got them wooden pegs. Now, Rap- I'm keeping it going. I got to no, keep it no, no, going. No, 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 no. okay. Rapping all day. Hooray. And you know who be on that track? DJ Mousetrap. My flow's by like the middle of May. And I'm finna steal your girl yet. Her name is Faye. Your girl says she like me better, and I don't even like getta. I think it's gross, but I do like toast with butter on it,
1: but just a little bit. I'm done. So for those that don't know what the hell just happened, uh, Reed Mouse comes out. We need to do a sound check for one of the very first things we ever do around Chatterbox. It's like, hey, uh, talking into that mic, we got to see if this is working. This is years ago, by the way. What does Reed Mouse proceed to do? He proceeds to pull out a a, a lyrical a genius rap song that he decided to come up with when he was in high school. And that was it. You just performed it. It's, it's amazing that he was not only able to do that off the, ki- off the cuff, off the clip, whatever you want to call it, right like that in the media, a drop of a hat, something he made up at high school. Yeah. At high school. How old class, were you when you came up with
0: that?
4: 17 years old. Nice. It's, still, it's somewhere on Twitter, somewhere on the Twitterverse.
0: All right.
1: DJ Mousetrap. Well, you'd be the second rapper that we've had here at Chatterbox. That is true. is true. That is true. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, here's the thing. We're at 12.11. If I told you before this show started, my brain was thinking we might make it to 11 o'clock before we just ran out of topics and conversations and some ideas. When I tell you also, I walked in here at 11... Nope, not 11. See, that's my brain. My brain's not nah, good. 9.50. I also would be telling you the truth. Uh, I'll try to get in here a little earlier tomorrow. We'll see if we can't start. the... By the way, the show didn't start... Uh, not on time because of your boy here, though. It just, it just, there was pre planning going on. Not going to blame Casey. He's over there. He's, 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 he's got five different computers he's working off of. He's working overtime. Not, we're not, we're not going to get on Casey, but just wanted to be known that it wasn't me and wasn't my fault that the show started late. Tomorrow we'll start on time. Why? Because we start from 10 to 12 P and that will be tomorrow, Friday. Until then you take care of yourselves. You tell somebody about this show. Much love to you. We really appreciate you watching this. What we consider probably a dumb show until Tom gets back. Much love to everybody. See you tomorrow.